What's the, what's the, what was the question? Uh, oh, how are keys for lightning channels currently created? That's a good question. Because it's weird. Um, and he kind of answered it in reference where in the bolts it's described, but yeah. I, need, I need to think about it because it has to do with like, so when you have your, 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 your C, right? Your 24 word C. Yep. Like that is what's used to create the master private key. And then like when you have a wallet, there's a constantly key generation going on and key, like new keys being used. Yeah. But there's an algorithm that like is like, a, there's a standard and an algorithm to derive new keys from your master private key. Yep. But the keys that are being used for these lightning channels, it's not using that scheme at all. It's using something different. And the question was like, why? Like, what is it? And why is it being used that way? And there's somewhat of an answer, but I need to think about like, like he, he wrote down literally like an algorithm for how you derive the private key. Like just, and I, I haven't like looked at it closely, huh. but there's like a different way for doing it. And I, I don't know if that's changing or not. But it's not. You've heard of shit like Bit Thirty Two or yeah. Bit Forty Four. So the, it's a standard for how you derive it. Like literally, what's useful with Bitcoin wallets and libraries these days is that you have like a string that's like M slash zero slash one slash one, and that represents the path of like the, the 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 path derivation for the key that you're doing. So it's like the first, like from the master key, the first key there, the next key. Like it's hard. It's it's not that it, it, I'm not explaining it. Right. It's not it's complicated, but it's not that complicated to kind of just like know what that string means. But yeah. Like there's a whole, like that's how like one seed can build your entire wallet. Because, hey everybody, like, this is John Seth, and you're listening doing... to John Seth. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sean, put your stupid hat back on. Oh, it is Holy on. fuck! Do you well, know what he just said? Uh, Did you understand? I, I, was, I started that? tailing off. At oh the end. my god! Well, but th but that's just like the scheme for how keys are generated for like a wallet, and then for lightning, apparently channel key. Like how when when you're creating a channel, oh like god. those those transactions, those channel creation are done using it's some other way of deriving those keys, and and, and so that's why like the issue that he was having was uh, like that seed wasn't necessarily going. You weren't be able to use that seed to yeah. get those. Channel keys. Uh huh. So, like, if I had a channel open with you and you force closed it, okay, my, my node's offline. Yeah. If you're closing that out, then that transaction that represents that channel between us is yeah. hitting the blockchain, and I should expect that whatever address was used in that channel creation, I'm going to get that Bitcoin back. Yeah. So Bitcoin's going to fail. No. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but 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 the seed for the node, uh, like you need the state. You need something in the database to yeah, right. derive the key that pertains to the address for the node for, for that was closed out from that channel. Okay, and it's like a weird. Huh. It, it's weird. So for everybody who's listening, uh, you're coming in mid conversation. We're talking about Michael Tidwell. Michael Tidwell. Who's, who's been a regular in the last few weeks. We, we yeah. kicked Kevin off for a little bit. <laughs> we had Tidwell kick, back. Had to kick me off for a little bit. <laughs> I try. <laughs> I try every week. I can't get rid of Sean. Yeah. He does the notes. <laughs> but like, uh, so, so Tidwell came on two times in a row? Three times in a row. Yeah, he's been, he's been Three times been in a row. Often, yeah. And he, uh, oh, he's he so had, interesting. He had uh, he had a note issue. Yeah, he exploded this note, week, and yeah. he put out a video, uh, which you should check out. Five 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 ways uh, five ways of getting wrecked on on Lightning Network. On LN, yeah, and yeah. it's good. I mean, like, I think what he did is, I mean, I didn't watch that video, and and I didn't feel particularly surprised by anything. Mm -hmm. 
But I suppose that's because I haven't risked anything on Lightning, and I guess I didn't. I may not have like understood some of the questions people had. Mm. But I I was pretty sure that many of the things that he said were common knowledge. That thir- so we were just so so we're talking about the one that wasn't common knowledge. Yes, which is the keys, right? Which is the keys you pertaining to the the channels. You, if yeah. you have your keys, you can't like if you have a twelve word seed. If you, you, back you can't up. recover. Your funds on the node, at least as of yet. You can't recover funds from a channel that was, like, force closed. Like, you need the state of the Lightning node to derive the keys pertaining to that. So this so, thing... So, so think, of, think of, like, yeah. the, the addresses that are for, like, when you're, when you're closing those channels out. And what happened to Tidwell is his, his hardware, his hard drive got corrupted. Yeah. Somehow. Probably porn. Uh, yeah. But yeah, like, <laughs> like I, I think I think Tidwell did a really good job, sort of summarizing it, doing a quick little video. And honestly, his little corruption, uh, I think he's gotten a lot of people telling him that they've had similar issues. Yeah, background. It's it's, it's it, he's not the first one to experience something like this, apparently. But it's not. It's one of those things that hasn't been. It was hard to find an answer to this. It seems like it was really hard to find an answer to this. And, th- yeah. and there's there's a lot of like unknown things that people are, are encountering. And I, I feel like current it's uh, not lightning developers are like playing an elephant poop. Yeah, it's, like it's not ready. It's just kind of dirty. Like I'm rolling around in it. Like, this is fun. <laughs> well, I mean, to be, like a year ago, everyone was like, "Oh, like oh, let's do it. Let's go be reckless." Well, then, didn't and lightning, like, lightning well, labs well, like, on. "Don't do this. It's beta. Yeah. It's not. Re- it's not going to be ready for like a year and a half." Yeah. And then I don't know who it was. Like, I'm doing it anyway. Yeah. And me too. And so, like, now we have I don't know how many nodes. Everyone's excited about all these nodes that are up, but nothing's ready on it yet. Yeah. It's 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 all it's honestly like getting on like a half built airplane. Yeah, it's it's really sometimes, funny. So, sometimes the door falls off, you know, thirty thousand feet up. <laughs> Someone gets sucked out. <laughs> but you know, it's uh, <laughs> it, it's like these are all problems that have like like the devs like have like what the the the, the channel key thing like that may not be how it's going to be in the future. Like there's other ways I think or there's other ideas on the to to to, to make have a better scheme where that doesn't happen necessarily. Right. It's just that's what's there now and there's so much that needs to be worked on still that the, these are these are problems you might encounter. Is that the biggest pitfall in lightning in uh, like in terms of reckless stories experiences? I think so. I think that it's the best articulated. It's interesting because it's not the typical one that I'd first heard that right. people talk about where your node publishes the incorrect state. This is like your node's offline and corrupted, and like other people are closing that out. And, and, and you're afraid to broadcast a state, yeah, and all sorts of other things. Yeah, yeah, it's a weird problem. I also didn't realize that if you broadcast a wrong state, I thought it was, I, and, and this was from talking to Michael. I thought that you surrendered your coins to the other person in the channel. You surrendered your coins. To that's the person that's what I thought happened. But I think you just like, like if you broadcast the wrong state, your no, coins go poof. It, it has to do with how the like, th- and this is where this is where I really don't understand yet how these channels are like. There's more to these channels than just like a multi-site transaction. Like they're more complicated. Yeah. And there's a secret that's shared between the two parties that's updated every time the channel state is updated. So when you publish that old state, like a certain secret gets revealed that allows the other party to go, oh, this person's cheating, and take all the money. But does the other person get it, or does the money just go poof? 
If yeah, that, that's my question. In, in Timbo's example, is you, it like sending to a burn address or is it someone going to get it? No, I think it's a donation of the community. It, no, no. So in Tidwell's so, so in Tidwell's case, yes. that's like it's getting sent to a it's burn address. It's just gone. Address. But if it, but right. Because he because it, it Because he's not broadcasting the state, I guess. It's, it's locked to keys that he can't get. But it won't end up in the other any other the channel in that participants situation. It uh, shouldn't end up wallets. in the other person's wallet. Wow! But but if it but if he had was like, oh, I'm going to publish an incorrect state with the node online, like that would have enabled the other person to take all the money in the channel. It's cute, right? Yeah. Is it possible to fix the corrupted hard drive? Is that feasible? Cost? Apparently, that is something that's. I think done. you can do that. I think you have to have DMT elves uh, jump in there. <laughs> 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 yeah, you're, I think we're going to those. I don't know if there have been very many successful cases of a corrupted database on a Lightning node restored fully. Yeah. But I think people are like playing and working with that to see if they can do it. I, I don't know. What is the... A lot, a lot of this, like, if this is being discussed, it's being discussed, like, probably on, like, IRC chats and shit. So it's not like there's a forum. He's gone. There, there's not. <laughs> he's not there. There's not a lot of. There's not a lot of documentation of all of these little things like readily available. I think. Um, so I think, uh, like, the Bitcoin Stack Exchange site is great, and I think, um, like, I think that seems like a good resource to publish this shit or ask questions because at least it's there. You know. I don't know. Yeah, I, I think. I think it's funny because, you know, here's the thing. I'm realizing more and more, like, Jumpset's world is listened to by a large portion of the Bitcoin community. We were just talking about an example of that, which surprises me because it's like 400 people mm-hmm. at most. You know, we're lucky if we get 150. <laughs> it's, it's a really small community when, like, the bear market comes. Oh, yeah. Fucking tiny. But it's... So, I mean, like, in the case of, like, a Tidwell's node going down, mm-hmm. what I think is astonishing is the fact that he is one of the very few people that's ever going to be able to go through this because of the size of this community, which, you know, for anyone who's, like, looked at communities, if you've ever been in, I don't know, a small community before that ends up becoming a huge community, like, whatever happens to Bitcoin every time the price goes way up, you, you end up realizing that you know everybody who's famous, mm-hmm. right? And that's largely what's going on here. Is there's not that many people on Lightning. So if you have a problem, you're going to have a unique problem. Yeah. Which is weird. And this one's very strange. Like, it's it's kind of fun to... Sorry, Mike. Uh, I know that you lost some money. Yeah. <laughs> but like, it is it is fun to kind of watch how this well, gets developed. Well, I think it's cool that... Like, like, like Tidwell encountered a unique problem. Yeah. And, like, it sucks to lose money. But, like, now you're like, wow, like, what's going on here? And you end up... Like learn like na- na- he he knows a lot more about lightning now for sure. What, what are the mean? odds like, like of an op Tidwell enters a protocol before an op John Seth? <laughs> what, what, what the, what's, what's the failure rate on on the hardware? Probably like, like, like how, six. How, I don't know. Like is it like one in a thousand? I mean, how 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 much of a unlucky situation did he find himself in to, to be in this position? I don't I, know. I don't know what hard. I mean, they're just hard drives, right? I think they're spinning hard drives too. I don't think they're even solid state. I don't know. <laughs> And it was so. So he had a Casa node, which is like, you which can, are the best nodes on the market. We wouldn't yeah. want to denigrate them. <laughs> <laughs> well, well. So, so it's using LND underneath. It's using the the Go Lightning, the Lightning Labs Lightning Client underneath. And you've been I running. Know, I don't know how the interface is, and I don't 
know all the details. You've been there, testing but... nodes, right? Like like a, the implement not nodes, bit. but the implementations. A little bit. Yeah. Um, and you you like what? Well, Sea Lightning is super sea, stable. Yeah, it's comparatively. It, like it, it it seems a lot more stable than LND. But LND has a lot of features that allow you to do. And is that more. Rusty Russell's? Sea Lightning is Rusty Russell's. That's the blockchain. It's it's him and Christian Decker. Like on Rusty Russell and Christian Decker on Sea Lightning, block, that's Blockstream, and then L and D's the Lightning Labs where like Roast Beef's been the lead dev. The third implementation is what no one ever talks about because do you think, that, uh, do you think it, Roast Beef programs as fast as he talks? Faster. Do you think he's probably. faster? Because I bet he like dude, I bet that guy writes like four trillion lines of code a week. Fucking talk he so fast, and I talk fast. Yeah, they're trying to they're trying to get him to tw- uh, Twitch and live stream is like coding. I would be impossible. My, my favorite ones are the comments. They're like, he needs to slow down. You, 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 <laughs> there's no reason to play this podcast at 1.5 speed. <laughs> <laughs> I could totally see how someone would think that too. He's so fast. Yeah. What happens with these implementations? How, how do you see that playing out? Will they merge? Will will a will a winner? No, will, they don't merge. No. I will, mean, will a winner emerge out of the two? Or I don't think so. I think you'll probably end up with even more. Okay. That, that yeah, was my third I think question. you'll end up with like uh, C. There's the Go implementation. I mean, the beauty of Lightning is that it's just it doesn't matter what language you program it in. So like, and and, and if you're a, a Python developer or a Ruby developer or something like yeah. that, you want libraries in those specific languages, right? You're the programmer, you know. Um. So, 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 so a node, um, like there's probably no real need to have more than the three that exist. Like there's a fourth on the horizon with, uh, 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 Bitfury. Yeah. Um, so Matt, oh, yeah, Peach, well, Peachy, yeah. Peachy Keen. So like you, so like, for example, Matt Crawlo <laughs> is working on a Rust lightning library and it's not intended to be a standalone node. It's intended to be a lightning library to help you do lightning things like channel creation. And that probably what interfaces with C. Well, right? is it that... could. So, like, what you could do is run C lightning and use that library to like make like modifications. Okay, so that, that allows you to interface with a node of like. Well, like any maybe, of these maybe you wanted to, maybe you instead of using like the default way C lightning creates channels, maybe like you want to implement channels in a certain. In, way. in Bitcoin nowadays, it seems very strange. Kind of, it it seems like everyone is now. It used to be Python, but now it seems like everyone's building in C. Go and Rust. Mm, it's always C and C plus plus have been yeah. That's always and, been the case. And, but and, when, you, like, and when, you remember, need, when you don't need low level, I, I, like that, I feel you like use Python. I feel like Python has always been one of those languages too until recently. Like it seems like C, Go, and Rust are the go tos now. Yeah. Is that the case? Well, you need for for that type of uh, for that type of project, you need you need you need like those languages are better suited for that. You're actually talking to one of the. Most prolific Rust developers in South Florida. There's there's ten, there's like ten in Florida, and I'm number ten. <laughs> You're a certified that. Rust developer. He's a certified <laughs> Rust certified. No, that's not really like, certified. That's not even certifiable. I've thought yeah, he's, I, he's got, got the, in Rust. He's got the degree. <laughs> <laughs> Sean's a top ten uh, top ten Rust developer I, I, in Florida. I should, I should put that on my LinkedIn. You really should. You're number ten. <laughs> <laughs> 10th, 10th biggest I'm Rust not. developer in Florida. I, like, so I'm really proud of you, Sean. That's actually a big distinction, I think. All, all, all 20 lines of Rust code I've written have gone, you know, gone a long yeah, way. Have you done 20 lines? lines? Probably 20 lines. Like, yeah. world. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking love it. Um, but, uh, oh, the third, there's a third Lightning implementation that's Scala, but no one, no one gives a shit. Um, what, what's that? Well, like camel, camel, or camel something or whatever. Remember that one for a while. Camel. People were talking about that because it, it it wouldn't let you. I don't know, it was it's some language for 
uh, like financial applications. Oh, come on. Oh, oh, camel. Oh, camel. Yeah. oh yeah. Oh, camel. I, I don't know any. I don't really know <laughs> that. Yeah. Oh, camel. That, that makes more sense to I, me. I think that's right. Yeah. Oh, camel. Is that how I said it? I got covered a scam this week. <laughs> what? Tell me. What was this? What, what do you? What do you mean? Okay, so I've been. You know, in the last few years, I've been uh-huh. slowly building up my beanie baby collection. <laughs> and you know, like beanies are important to me. You know, mm-hmm. in a weird way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, it, it's sort of a nostalgic collection. For one, I like I like sort of uh, collectibles that have to do with bubbles, mm. right? And, and we've kind of talked about this a little bit. Yeah, before the show. yeah, yeah. But but beanies represent a, like a weird part of my childhood where like you know there were some that I just could never have mm-hmm. because they were expensive. They were very rare. Yeah, they were very rare, right. super rare, rarer than Pepe. Mm. And 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 now that I'm old, and uh, beanies are dumb. Uh, I can afford them. <laughs> There's been a big correction in the prices. There's a big correction, so like uh, you know, I can buy like things that were eight hundred dollars for something like twenty or thirty now. You know, and you know, it's no skin off my back. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I have a, a slowly growing, old timey Beanie Baby collection, and I, I've been watching Beanie Baby pricing videos just to relearn the market and see where things are right now. And there's this like sort of white whale in in. And Beanie Babies called uh, Peanut, the Royal Blue Elephant, and this thing was worth five thousand dollars at its height, and still sells for like eight hundred fifty bucks. All right, it's the beanie that everybody wants. There might there were like two thousand made or something like that. Some very that's you know, the very small number. That's the beanie. Okay, like you know, there's there's some that are like prototypes. Like there's one of one, but those those are not the beanie. You know, it's a little bit asinine to get a one of one because like no one else can ever have it. So. You know, you'll never cornering the market in that just means buying Can't one. It's, it. kinda, yeah. it's kind of dumb. No one, yeah. you know, no one wants to like let into their psyche that they need those. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's collectibles. But this one, so I'm watching this video, and it's a Business Insider video where they're like pricing beanies, and there's this woman on it named Doctor Doctor something. You, you remember? I don't. Doctor is it fall? Is it fall? Was the whole segment on Beanie Babies, or was that just a, a was that just one of the items that someone had brought up? No, it was it, it was so, a segment on Beanies. Okay. They had three Business Insider editors bring their old Beanie Baby collections in for uh, for editing, and this woman is going through the stuff, and she's making some real stupid statements, and she's like way overpricing these things. She's like, "Oh, this one, it's worth sixty bucks," and I'm like, "It's worth five bucks, right?" Or this one, it's worth a lot, you know, thirty five dollars or a hundred dollars, and then she like says, "But most Beanies." Are worth one dollar, you know, about a dollar. And she she pulls one out of the package and she picks up and it's Wrinkles the dog. It's a little bulldog. It's cute, and you know it's probably worth about a buck or two. She goes one dollar, and then she picks up another beanie and she goes one dollar, and my mouth drops, and I pause it, and I like make the video nice and big, and she says one dollar while she's holding a beanie which she just pulled out of the bag, which is a peanut the royal blue elephant. The rare, the one dollar, the, rare, the rare rarest baby ever to exist. <laughs> so is she just ignorant, just really? completely ignorant. <laughs> which I don't blame her. Like it's fine. You should be ignorant about this. This is a mm. subject about which you should know nothing. And I'm sorry to our listeners for even teaching you anything about this because now your life is worse. But uh, but she 
was on there as a person who knows uh, how to appraise these things. And she holds up a ran- what she thinks is a random Beanie Baby and goes, one dollar. It's the funniest moment I've ever seen. And I'm like, <laughs> like, I blow it way up, and I'm like, is that really? No way. I did it like frame by frame. They're just sitting agape. I, I, was, I was baffled at what I was looking at, just one frame at a time. Just making sure that I'm not making a mistake because there's a couple that are you know similar like that dark blue color, uh, but yeah, like one dollar. You're sure that's the that is the one. That oh, is I the... took a little picture. I screen captured it. I put it on Twitter. I did a 13 tweet tweet storm or 18 tweet tweet storm about it. Yeah, it's a very important part of my life right now. Just this. Doctor Lori take V. Her, that's it, Lori V. I want to take her down. Has anybody like? We got to get her on the show. She has a PhD in appraising antiques. <laughs> I saw that. I watched a lot of Dr. Lori V videos last. She's 100, like, 150 events a year, 200,000 items appraised per year on her bio. Well, we know the quality now. Of well, her well, that's the thing. Appraisals. She doesn't specialize in any one type of thing. She just appraises a wide variety of stuff. Well, I was telling, I was so telling someone not, this she's today. She's a specialist in right. I was telling this to someone today, and they said, "Well, she'd never, she'd never be good enough for the Antiques Roadshow." <laughs> <laughs> that's big leagues. That's left my ass off. Like, you're right. That's why she's on Discovery Channel. Probably she has like a bunch of TV shows. I guess the other explanation that we talked about too is that she knows full well that's a very valuable beanie baby. And she's like one dollar. So one dollar. I'll buy it for two. This yeah, is the cutest yeah. one. It's not really worth anything. <laughs> yeah. And then she goes oh, off. I'll give you a hundred bucks for the whole lot. I, I, that's what I. Yeah, that's, that's worth like two hundred bucks. I sell these a lot. I'll I'll just take them. The whole lot's worth about eighty five. I'll give yeah, you a yeah. hundred. We'll call it <laughs> and that's how she makes her money. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, if you're that off on the beanie babies. Uh, she's probably off on many other. She's got. Items she's as got well. a. I mean, but the the thing that she did that was uh, like astounding to me was she was so sure of herself. So if you watch it, she's like this one, one dollar, one dollar, one dollar, eighty bucks, and I'm like, none of your prices are on, not even a little bit. She, uh, she there's this one beanie baby called Princess Diana beanie baby, and it's it's a weird history. It's a weird moment in history. Uh, but Ty releases this purple bear with a little thistle on mm-hmm. its on its chest. And again, I'm sorry, everybody. I'm sorry. This is my very weird esoteric interest, it's not like, and you have to deal with it. It's not like a mangled up beanie baby, is it? It's not like a what? A mangled up beanie baby. Mangled up? Like mangled and torn up. Oh, that's <laughs> awful. It's <laughs> like a mangled up beanie Ma- baby? <laughs> mangled, yeah. It, yeah. Does it have all its limbs? <laughs> uh, yeah, it does. I thought that too. I didn't want to say that. <laughs> All right, now we're done with that. Uh, no, but like it has a little thistle on it, so it was purple. And they sold this thing at Hallmark through a silent auction process. Mm-hmm. And you know, I remember these moms. I remember so. I I I'm embarrassed to say that I know like three people who won the auction. You know, and I don't know how many they gave away. Maybe maybe five thousand in the initial launch. So that's a high percentage of people to know who actually paid probably a few hundred dollars for that beanie baby back in the day. Uh, and these were not rich women by any means, which is what's really funny to me. I remember all of these people were like collecting beanies that most of them got divorced later. Their husbands were angry at them for spending all their money on these like bean bags. They insisted that these bean bags were going to pay for their kids college and they would spank their child for, you know, touching them, uh, despite the fact that these things were actually for the kid. So, uh, that was, that was a state of things back then, but I knew a number of people who went in the auction. Then all of a sudden Ty does this thing, which makes everybody mad. And they released Princess to everybody. 
and you could just go to the store and buy it. After like people paid hundreds of dollars to go to like the mm. Prince Diana Memorial Fund, so there's a couple ways to determine whether the princess that you have is from the auction or whether the princess you have is from later on in these bins. And so she, one of those ways is the kinds of pellets in them, because time went through a transition where they they used to put in. <laughs> it's, it's embarrassing. <laughs> it's embarrassing. <laughs> If anybody ever questions, it's like a coming out moment. Like you know so much about these beanie babies, <laughs> dude. It's, uh, I, it's so bad. Yeah, it's so bad. But they put in PE pellets and then they put in PVC or PVC pellets and then they put in PE pellets, uh, polyvinyl chloride, I think, uh, versus polyethylene. So they're like one was. I think that PE pellets were like more environmentally. You to, can you feel it, or do you have to do like a minor surgery on it, it to pull it, one neither. out? Neither. It just it says it on the tag. Oh, okay. So one of these is worth more <laughs> than the other. And it's really the only Beanie Baby that it matters for. But I've watched her now appraise, like, maybe 30 Beanie Babies. Yeah. And she brings it up every fucking time as if it's important. Oh. But it's not. Mm. So, I mean, I was sitting there at, on YouTube writing up this thing, like, oh, she's so stupid. I'm just, like, writing these things. I was going Beanie Baby by Beanie Baby. And she's, like, <laughs> appraising them and, like, explaining her methodology for appraising it is wrong. There's, like, a Beanie Baby called Valentino. She says, oh, you have a really nice one. This one's with the brown nose as opposed to the black nose. I'm like, never had a black nose. It always had the brown nose. That's what distinguishes it from other bears. Yeah. You know, shit like that. Stuff no one should know about anything. But then... And she's doing the $1 thing, and I look up, and I'm like, holy fuck. And I just stopped writing it, and then I had to go to Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> so anyhow, that's... <laughs> well, what's crazy is, like, how like she's doing this. Like what Kevin said, like, she's going around appraising all this shit, and obviously she's mispricing and misvaluing these items. And knows nothing about them. And there's probably a lot of people that do this. Yes. And are doing the exact same thing. It's the weirdest kind of fraud, and it was discovered by me through yeah. Beanie Babies. <laughs> this poor woman. I feel bad for her, but I don't think I mean, it's not like anything's going to happen to her. It's not like I have a big voice in the auctioneering community, <laughs> right? Like the, the appraisal community is going to get behind me and stop her. But I do find it really funny. <laughs> the appraisal mafia. Right. <laughs> the cartel. <laughs> the cartel, you're out. <laughs> yeah, that's not going to happen. But I do, I do find it fascinating because, like, if she's so bad at Beanie Babies, I wonder. I like, I was watching other things that she was doing. She's appraising like big vases and uh, all sorts of things, just anything. You bring something to her, you, you could bring this like cup to her, and she'll make shit up about it and tell you it's worth one hundred and thirty dollars. You're not going to the difference. Yeah, you're not going to sell it. Um, so. Yeah, she, I mean, she was doing this with, like, tons and tons of other things. And I was just sitting there, I was like, I have no idea what these things are, but I wonder I wonder how wrong she is mm-hmm. about these. And I wonder if there's people in the vase community uh, who like vases as much as I like Beanie Babies who are just sitting there like, what the fuck is she yeah. Fuck! Yeah. What, what, where, where the fuck she get off on that? That's that's like a $12 item. 130 bucks or 1200 bucks? Come on. Yeah. And, and I just wonder. Like, it's it's very weird to me to watch. As a person who knows about this very specific thing, you know, you know what made me laugh is when uh, uh, Shores Provost from the Marco Report Group he said that uh, he never looked into Beanie Babies it's true. <laughs> and that uh, he never bothered to Google them, but they really are the altcoins of the '90s. Oh, dude, you know what? It's funny for me because like I experienced them through the eyes of like a child, right? I was really young, but I was, you know, I was, I was proficient. I had a spreadsheet. This is in the days where spreadsheets were new, you know. Uh, like I had just gotten out of MS DOS, I had a little spreadsheet with all of my pricing. Actually, I didn't have an MS uh, spreadsheet. I kept everything in uh, in a little computer 
on a, an actual five-inch floppy disk, and I had all my prices in a uh, in in like those old Word Perfect processors or whatever. I mean, you remember this, like the yellow screens? Yeah. That was where all my prices were. Hmm. And I, I remember sitting there. I would take a calculator, and I would type everything in, and then like have an, a big line at the bottom and put in my totals. It was. Did you ever get into a physical altercation over your Beanie Baby addiction? Me, no. Never, but, did you ever body someone out going for one at Macy's? I was did too you ever, young. Did you ever rip the I, package I, out of I, a I young saw, girl's hands when you I wanted one? I saw it happen. Yeah. I remember, I remember going to... Because <laughs> you said that's the difference between all coins and Beanie Babies. Yeah. There's physical violence. I remember going to <laughs> Beanie Baby conventions. <laughs> Be, like Beanie Baby things. And these women would tell me stories about literally uh, you know, being in Macy's. On a day where Macy's got 14 Spooky the Ghosts with the V-Mouth in. <laughs> and they were like, well, that's the last Spooky that I needed. I had the other Spookies. I had the one with the round, like, kind of crescent mouth, the one with the straight mouth, and I needed the V-Mouth. And, uh, and they only had 14 of them. And so, like, 200 of us lined up outside Macy's the morning of before it opened, and we ran inside and we just like first first come first serve. If you got there first, or like Macy's limited it one per person, and uh, and I got there first. And this woman came and grabbed it, and I punched her. And like those were the kinds of stories you hear all the time. Like it was it was Beanie Babies were fucking nuts. And if you weren't part of it, you missed out. I'm sorry. I've never seen so many grown ass women fighting in my in Macy's, like full on fist punches. And the only thing that that saved them. From the incredible, uh, terrible world of world star hip hop, is that we didn't have camera phones. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine? Well, that, that's the thing. Uh, I think the Beanie Baby craze would have ended a lot sooner uh, if we'd had world star hip hop. <laughs> I'm fairly certain of it. Oh man, that's it's so it's crazy. And I want, I don't think I ever saw a black person collect beanies. I might be the darkest person in the. <laughs> in the Beanie Baby uh, world, which is odd, yeah. but yeah, it was like world star hip hop. I like that would have. I think that would have ended the Beanie Baby craze three years earlier. Three years, yeah. But alas, uh, now you just have stories, and they may or may not be exaggerated. You'll never know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's crazy. So I added some things to Merkle Report this week. I added a uh, mm-hmm. a tip bot to the to a Telegram channel. Okay, and it works. Okay, it works. I didn't understand that. Okay, what? so so <laughs> there's now a site, uh, a little section on the site where you can submit tips to Merkle Report. And oh, I thought you meant monetary tips, like tipping me. I thought you were referring to that. Oh, I did. I did add that to the Twitter. Yeah, we'll talk about that in a sec. Okay, yeah, you threw me uh, off. But uh, just tips, like news tips. So if there's oh, a I news see it story, right now. yeah. So type if I want to send a tip, yeah. Um, if you send a picture of your penis again, though, I'm going to punch you right in the face. So you send a tip. Tip. And then uh, I'll show you. And I have a special little group. I think it's an information group. Yeah, Merkel Report News. Okay. So, so you don't have to type anything, dude. It's just a fake test. Oh. Just test it. Okay, there you go. Oh, yeah. Oh, it just popped in there. Sure did. Yeah. Cool, huh? Yeah. So it doesn't go into the main group. It just goes, I, I like my head rubbed. God. Yeah. That's a good tip. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that. Yeah, see? 
And that, and where did you write that? Where did you send that from? Uh, it's literally on the site. Yeah, it's just a little, right. a little, a little uh, thing. So if you're oh, listening to this, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, it's right you there. Know, you know, have you, have you, have you tested this fully? Uh, have I tested anything fully? Is really the question. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what were you thinking? I don't know. What? God damn it. I'll you get a DDoS or a tip? He's going to start like, trying to put code in there and like, we'll, we'll send play, a virus we'll, to my we'll phone. Play with it a little bit. <laughs> when, I was, when I was in college, there was this amazing program where you'd send, like, what porn have I looked at.com or something like that, and you'd send it to a friend, and they would click on it. It would be like an innocuous address. They would, they would click on this link, and it would take them to a website which would crawl through all of their, like, all Google searches that it could think of and, and look at on their computer which links had already been looked at. And then it would send back to the person who emailed the link to them originally a full report of their porn history. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> you know those people oh, who are extorting people for Bitcoin yeah. saying that they have yeah, you yeah. on webcam and they're yes. going to send to your contact? Oh, dude, that, that, that would be for a, real. That would be a great little bell and whistle to add to that scam. Oh, that's true. And here's your porn <laughs> history. You really like the Russians. Well, what's funny is people I people be making those payments in record speed. We all had, we all had, we all had friends, right? Here's three hundred fifty bucks exactly, in Bitcoin, right? We all had, we had, we had these friends later. who like we would do it to, and we thought it was hilarious. And we get the report back and be like, oh, you, in the, you know, short skirts and you know whatever. But but then like we had this one friend who's always had kind of odd taste. He tries to like date strippers, and like that was the last time we ever did this because it came back to us, and it was all like weird dungeon porn and Russian websites. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, but <laughs> we didn't need to know that. <laughs> That's yeah. your, we, that, that was an invasion of privacy. Everybody was right. Wow. Yeah. Right. Does incognito yeah. prevent yeah, that? See, right. Uh, I don't. I, I don't know if you could do that today. I don't know, but it was at that time. You know, it was the wild, wild west of the yeah. internet. You know. Whew. Right. Mm. Okay. So Tiffin.me is uh, amazing. Have you tried it? I haven't used it yet. <laughs> But you've used it. You should send us some money, Sean. Yeah. Well, I, I need to. Uh, I'll try that. I'll send Tip it from one of my. Uh, no, it, it's it's really neat. So I yeah. I actually think browser extensions, and I th- I think this will get us into the Gab stuff. I think browser extensions are actually a really sort of neat, uh, neat modern feature of these websites because like you can add these browser extensions that really only work on one website mm-hmm. and like modify your experience on that website, which is really weird. Is that how Tippin Me works? Yeah, it like adds a little like button on Twitter. It looks like it's part like when you oh, install oh, it in your Chrome on. browser. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's, it's a, it adds a little uh, a little button there. It looks native to Twitter if you have the thing installed. You click it, it generates an invoice, and you can pay someone on Lightning. Okay. To Tippin Me. I forget the podcast, but Jack Dorsey, I think word for word said it's a matter of if not when it gets implemented into Twitter. Yeah. He, he tested it out and there was Watch them buy Tippin.me for like four million dollars or something like that. Like some guy Don't like give a little more than that. He'll like, quote it and yeah. his mom's like like Rod's like, ah, look at me, mom. Look what I built. His mom's like, fuck off. I don't know what's so cool about this. It's lightning payments. What's that? You know, hold out for forty mil, yeah. kid. Hold yeah. out for forty. <laughs> <laughs> and then Jack Dorsey calls him up like Hey, uh, your your son's stupid garage project. I'd like to buy it for forty million dollars. Yeah, <laughs> like, I could see that. I could see. I could at, see Dorsey buying it. At least the time when I looked, there was dozens of people who were sending him, you know, five hundred to two thousand satoshis at a time. Just How come to nobody test it will out. do that for me? You're not. You own the largest social media platform. I own. The, yeah. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> In the world, it'll help. Okay, we got to get there. Uh, so, but so no, Jim and I mean, is pretty neat. Like it's it's yeah. Send me money. 
Uh, no, but it's it's actually amazing. It's really cool. I do think that there's a lot of questions about custody mm. and lightning on it, though. Yeah. And I was hearing some criticisms uh, that are that potentially rise with the lightning type implementation on like custody. Like you don't really have a block explorer now, in the same way that you do with the blockchain. So. If somebody sends you a hundred bucks and I'm your custodian for it, why can't I just tell you it's eighty bucks? Right. Well, there's no way for you to really know, like how, like you're you're relying on tipping not me to report how much is right being tipped to you. Yeah. Right. It's also uh, how have you have you gotten money out of it yet? Like, have you closed? Like, how, how does I? Keep my money in exchanges. Yeah. <laughs> Take it at out. All, at all times. <laughs> exchanges are the safest way to, keep, to store it's your, your to Bitcoin. Store, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I've heard. Uh, no, I mean, I haven't withdrawn it yet, but it's like 10. I think, some, I think we got about 10 bucks. Mm-hmm. I got to thank you guys. A $10 in tips on, on tippin.me for Merkle Report was very nice. And it's it's a fun little experiment to look at too, just seeing how it kind of works. I, right. I think it's functionally really neat. Yeah, there are things I wouldn't it's, mind changing with. Like I, I wish that they had a way of like, you know, generating an invoice from your own Lightning node or maybe an Eclair wallet, you know, mm-hmm. address or something like that. I don't know how Lightning works, so maybe none of that's possible. But it would be nice. The, I think um, what's that one fucking browser extension? You need to you need to, Jewel you, Brave Jewel Brave. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, <laughs> not right. That 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 allows you to connect to your own Lightning node, and then you can do like full Lightning things through the Chrome extension. Can you smoke it? Uh, you could try. You could try to smoke it. Different kind of jewel. Yeah, made by the same company. Um, but that yeah, I, I like the tipping on me stuff. That's uh, Dorsey did it. I, I saw someone else try it too. But like, there's been a couple big names that have uh, kind of gotten on. I think it was one of the VC guys, one of the billionaire VC guys. That's right. Played and with it, I think. It's it's fucking amazing. I, I think Lightning is just the, the more I look at it, the more cool it is. But yeah, I think that the the, the custodial service stuff is very interesting in terms of like uh, the questions that arise as a result of it. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's a you know a great question. Like how could you possibly know how much somebody sent you? Well, right, and you have to trust them with your funds. You know, to begin with. So, and, and then it's like, well, if everybody starts using Tippin.me, everyone's sending micropayments around. That's great, but right. it's all going to the same fucking place. Yeah. So it's like it's no... kind of a nice honeypot, right? Yeah. So <laughs> then, the, then the question with Dorsey is: If Twitter implements Lightning, does it bring Square technology in, or do they do it themselves? What, in the sense that it would, they compete, like no, like like why not just implement something? Like why not have Square develop something, and then have Twitter buy it or whatever, use it on their platform? Oh, you mean like so instead of having like a separate like Square exists to hold for, money? Yeah. So like I guess you don't re- like Twitter doesn't. I think that it's a weird liability for Twitter to hold Lightning funds. It's not for Square. I mean that's that's literally the liability that they're taking on. How easy would it be f- for the recipients? To just pull it out immediately and not have them hold the funds, like trivial amounts only. It should be trivial, right? As it's soon lightning, as it's so over a dollar, it would ship it ship it right to you. Yeah, you'd think that that would be really easy. Yeah, uh, it's not. And, and it, I think oh. it is. I think it is. I, I don't. I just don't know because I kind of like I, I like to play chicken with these services. So I want to see how long it is before they exit scam us for ten bucks. Mm. But I, it should be trivial. There's a little button on there. It says like you know, remove funds or. Take funds out. 
Um, so it's, it shouldn't be hard. Like I think it, it's 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 lightning. So it, yeah. you know, nominally, all I have to do is send it to my own lightning wallet. I imagine. And there wouldn't be like minimum balance transfers because I mean, essentially, so cheap you could move well, a couple just, cents. Yeah, when you move it, you're just paying the lightning network routing fees, right? Yeah. Right, Sean. I mean, if you're, if how's you're, that how that works? Are you, you're allowed to close out by like. Because you'd have to give them an invoice for how much you want to close out, and then they would, like the tip and not me, would pay that invoice. So if you were closing out their lightning, or is it that you close out through a normal Bitcoin transaction? Yeah, I don't know. You could withdraw without closing out? Or could well, you just. Well, in other words, you, you could have the tip and dot me node, or however they're doing it. I have a pay, feeling. Pay a node that you control. Like, send, send, yeah. send, that, send those funds to another you control. But, like, that might even be kind of difficult because. I mean, if you have like ten dollars in there, like, I mean, it's not, not 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 difficult, but like, they may be like, oh, give us a sec, because like, you you have no, there's no route to your note. I, I don't know, I'm not sure. Are you watching this fucking delete Coinbase stuff? Mm-hmm. Yeah, a little bit, yeah. So, yeah, what do you, have you have you looked into like the the whole thing about this team that they hired? Or well, I mean, I, I, I probably know as much as you, but like, it looks like so they hired Neutrino, and uh, or they they what Aqua hired. This company, the Neutrino. I actually didn't read that much about it. I kind of just grabbed this, some of the, uh, like, I kind of got a sense of what was going on. Ah. But this team has done some really shitty, unethical shit, apparently. I, right? I think that's what people are saying. Right. And it's, it's, it's interesting to me because, like, they're kind well, of, I mean, well, I, that, I, was like, I was like, they're probably really good. So. Well, they're, they're probably <laughs> awesome that, that was, that, like, that was like, their response. <laughs> that was their, their reason. The, like, yeah, you know, like, we understand these things, but they're that good. The tech is that, the, you know, their team is that good. But they're directly responsible, according to what I read, for journalists being imprisoned in Saudi Arabia, something along those lines. When did course. everyone start caring about journalists in Saudi Arabia? Was that Khashoggi? Maybe, or just journalists getting attacked we, and censored. How no one cared I mean, about that, that until, journal, until, until the care of foreign journalists gone up since WikiLeaks. Daniel Berg, they cared out because they released a video of them <laughs> cutting his head off. Nobody, yeah. nobody was like, ah, Daniel Berg, get him out of there. It was more like ISIS or whoever the fuck it was. The the Taliban were like, here he is, and he's dead with his head. And and you know as well as I do, that was the first like head cutting off any of us had ever seen. It is indelibly in my brain. As the worst thing that's ever happened to me in my life. I used to be so Next tough, to tub girl. and I would be, you know, I'll watch anything on the internet, and that actually that was, was a turning point in my life. Where I said, you know what, like I'm not going to click I, on every you, single you one of these that. links that you I know see. That. That's, I'm telling you, because know, everyone, know, everyone who was alive at that time, and, mm-hmm. and it wasn't like forever ago, but like what was it, 2002? Probably 2003. It was Iraq, right? Yeah. So it was 2003. But it's pre. I think it's pre Google IPO. So like we all saw yeah, them, like Rotten dot com and Ebombs World. Yeah. Remember those websites? Yeah, that started it. What? Well, hold on. <laughs> yeah, Shaw doesn't know. Consumption junction. I remember that stuff. Do you remember Rotten dot com? Yeah. Oh. But why, why? Why does Google's IPO make a difference in that? Because history? nobody gave a fuck about Google until it went public. Oh, so like no one was. Oh. I remember okay. when Google went public. The prevailing sentiment was like, but it's. It's just a search bar on a page. Yeah, $100 a share, you got to be crazy. Yeah, I was, like, nobody used it. Yahoo was the number one search engine at the time, I think. Alta Vista? It was like, <laughs> uh-huh. no, it was, it was like Yahoo, though. Yeah, like, Yahoo right. was, like, number one. And then Google gets all this money, and they use it for, you know, acquisitions and everything else. And then all of a sudden, people start understanding that, like, their advertising is what makes the money. People kind of, like start to really like the, uh, the search interface. Like, it, it existed, but up until its IPO... Most people were just kind of like that. I can't use a website that looks like that. 
Because you go to the homepage, it's literally just Google. It's iconic at this yeah. point. It wasn't then. I love the the white space, the clean <laughs> yeah. nature of when, the the homepage. Yeah, it's, you know, what, you know, I look now. Like that, but right? do you remember? Like, did you like it back in like two thousand? Yeah, I was it weirded out look by that it. Much, yeah, I, I did. It, it looks exactly the same. Yeah, I've seen the evolution videos of it. it it's uh, but, but it's always been that same. I, I expected you know, you, you them know, to, to you know become what? cluttered, like like Yahoo, like yeah. Yahoo. Do you remember? Yeah. I mean, so yeah, I mean, did you ever use Yahoo back when it was like super popular? I don't. I probably did, but I don't remember. It was it was all like sports news and everything else. Right a lot of shit on the it page. was all tons of shit. Yeah. And then Google opted for this, you know, just plain old white page. I don't think they intended that. They they did they, and they, they did a bunch they, of they they, they they didn't know enough html and css to make it like more than that that's, that's the story that, i heard that can maybe and they were just like let's just roll it could very well be but i know that they did some ui <laughs> testing early on yeah and they really you know people were they had exactly the same reaction i did like how the fuck do you use this it's just a like what is this now we all know mm-hmm. but it wasn't like that originally so yeah. that's why the 2004 uh, google ipo before that we surfed the web with like web rings and yahoo mm-hmm. were you a web ring user mm no. No, those, those are fucking amazing. Did you do web rings? I don't. It doesn't ring a bell. It literally would be like it would, you'd go to a web ring of your choosing of a specific subject, and you just hit next. And it would take you to a new website. You'd just like check out the websites in like a so, web ring of like So if you had a website, content. you'd tie it to a ring. Yeah. And then like people would go to that ring uh-huh. and search like just. I've seen sites that, that the, in that uh, genre. Yeah, it was, it was big yeah. for a while. It was hmm. great. Whenever you run out of content, you just jump on one of those. Yeah, it, just, it was like uh, stumble upon. Stu- it was stumble, stumble upon. It was early yeah. stumble upon. Yeah. When that's I saw off. stumble upon, I was like, oh, that's what I was trying to think. That, that's that's <laughs> the one that I've used a decent amount. Yeah. Yeah. No, that was literally like I saw stumble upon. I was like, okay, that's web rings right there. But yeah, like it was Google. You know, these things like the the Daniel Berg video. I thought the Daniel Berg video was before you know the Google IPO. But haven't journalists always been like a protected class of people? I mean, some are like as journalists long as I suck, can remember. Dude. Like the you thing know, with journalists is that journalists they get protection in like war zones, and that's great. But uh, it's a dangerous job. Like they're still in like a military war zone. Sure. Yeah, and they've always like it's always been a thing. There, you know, there are journalists that get killed when they're there. Journalists, the good journalists of our like of the history of the history, they 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 put themselves in situations where they could have been killed. Sure. That's how you distinguish yourself from shitty journalists. Yeah. Most journalists are shitty journalists. That's why this whole like fake news thing for me is like such it's just not an anomaly. This makes perfect sense. Like, yeah, all news has always been fake. That's pretty much how that like operates. It's at an all time high. No, I don't think so. Not even a little. I think it's just that we have a word for it now. We we always had a word. Like I I look at news of the past. Every every single generation, news has always been this way. Always. Where people are reporting, journalists are reporting on something that happened and it didn't happen. It, journalists it, it, are like they, they get it wrong. Journalists are like thirty percent right. Mm-hmm. They they try to get things right, but like, but isn't it? It but, just it, it requires too much work. But the like the ratio may be the same, but it's disseminated more, and it see it definitely feels like it, there's more of it. I, I don't think isn't. so. I mean, like more good journalism or bad journalism. Well, like just. I mean, there's just more stories out there. I mean, people are just pumping like. Well, I mean, look, look, look in the so, 1920s. We have Upton Sinclair who writes the Jungle. Uh, he does this whole thing on like meatpacking industry in the United States. The thing has been shown to be an utter farce, but it's still required reading in high school. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. The Jungle. I remember hearing that it was like it was not accurate. Yeah, it's, it's a that. complete. It's completely bullshit. Yeah. 
it's still required reading, and it's still <laughs> referenced by like people that you know hate the meatpacking industry. This is not any different than it's ever been. John, uh, Pulitzer, the man who who the, the the greatest prize in American journalism is named after, was a yellow journalist. Hearst, one of the most prolific media men, known as a yellow journalist. Like these news, the history of news is, is replete with just the worst journalists and the worst people. They've never ever been good at it. You don't follow news outlets. That's why I think like CNN is fake news or like Fox is fake news. I mean, maybe, but the reality is that all all journalistic media, all all outlets are fake news. The only thing you don't have are you have you have some credible journalists, and we have plenty of those. There are credible journalists, and you got to find them. These days, I'm more inclined to like believe Alex Jones than most journalists. In in the whole Smollett case, the the local reporters for these news stations they were, were the w- only honest journalists. The only ones. Only ones. Yeah. Fox News had an agenda. CNN had an agenda. MSNBC had an agenda. But that's always the case. Look at like uh, the the reporting from Vietnam with the Tet Offensive, right? The 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 media uh, back with Vietnam did a lot of reporting, uh, basically deciding, sort of nitpicking what to report. And in that way, you know, there is that that said, there's a lot of like journalist uh, journalists who are highly credible. Uh, Cambodia's killing fields. The only reason we know about those for the most part is because of two journalists who decided to like go there and live the experience. Those two are some of the like those two might be two of the most heroic journalists that have ever lived. Going and like revealing these genocides like that's that's a. That's a high calling to like go into a country that just had a you know is killing uh, killing its intellectual class. Yeah, that was one of Christopher Hitchens' claim to fame is that he, he's visited personally all of the three countries in the axis of evil, like personally. And, and then he wrote a shitty book about Kissinger and his war criminal stuff. Yeah, you ever read that book? It's so whiny. <laughs> but you told me it was so fucking whiny. But that's 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 like uh, all of Hitchens' books. They're really whiny. He's a great writer and polemicist when he like does like I used articles. To, I, he, I, he opened my eyes to Mother Teresa. The whole oh, he, <laughs> <laughs> you know he was the devil's advocate for. Sure, but like just he was the only person that had that stance. Mother Teresa's viewed as okay, like a, so. So do you know what? a devil's advocate in the Catholic Church uh, is a little different. It, it's it's not colloquial. It's not just like a, a word that they use. It's a thing when they're so, canonizing a saint, they actually have a devil's advocate to argue, to argue why this. Person should not be canonized. Did and they, they, they brought Hitchens in. Really? Yeah. Hitchens was the person to argue against her canonization. I didn't know that. And then he died because she cursed him. <laughs> he died. Well, he was smoking he a lot of cigarettes. He smoked a lot of yeah. cigarettes. Yeah. His, his little glowing red friend. He sure did. Yeah. <laughs> when you're hungry, it curbs your appetite. <laughs> when you're when you're uh, when you're full, it settles your stomach. <laughs> do you want to? Do, do you know what's interesting about Hitchens? Do you know what his political affiliation was? Do you know what he called himself? Uh, at what point in life? Most, I think, most of his life. I mean, he uh, probably probably uh, like a was it a classical liberal? Or that's, a, that's a good guess. Any guesses? I mean, he was a socialist at one point, or identified as one. Yeah, I know he changed. I I I don't know what I would call him. Like just a le- le- left on the on the left. I think for most of his life, he he referred to himself as a democratic socialist, mm-hmm. which is interesting because that like everyone's hearing that again for the first time now. Oh uh, yeah. But I think he used that word all throughout the nineties and early two thousands and you know beyond. Mm. Speaking of fake news, do you think that Alex Jones claimed that he was offered five million from George Soros? Do you think he actually met Max Kaiser? 
Like, that's I, a really, like, I don't think like Alex Kaiser has five million bucks. Or I don't know. I guess that would mean that Russia offered Alex Jones something. That was just a kind of crazy. I was like George Soros, five million dollars. <laughs> yeah, uh, he said it like 2012. Like, well, no, he did. He I did. It was like I did, a long time ago. Yeah, dude. I did the math. Like, it was five million dollars worth. That was worth thirty-five million at the top. Which I did. The, it was like eighteen hundred coins at twenty-seven eighty. So you just assume like two thousand coins. What two thousand yeah, coins? Yeah, yeah, at around when it was before it broke three thousand on the way up. It's kind I of think, the way I time. Do I think that Alex Jones was being on? That's a catch twenty-two of a question. A catch twenty-two of a question. That's a difficult question. Uh, Alex has never. I, Alex is never honest and he's never dishonest. I think that that's like well, he never my said conclusion that, about that. He never guy. said Soros called him or emailed. He never said how he was contacted or, or anything about right. He, he other said than the globalists, oh, other than just the statement that he was offered that and by yeah. George Soros. Yeah, uh, I, I I want that story to be true so badly. I'm going to say he's honest. <laughs> I can't see. I, it doesn't matter. I want Yeah, I know that it's false, well, but I want it to be true, the, Kevin. There's, if you believe it hard enough. If I, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> oh, by the way, I've gone full lizard people, I've decided. <laughs> <laughs> I've invited David Icke into my heart. <laughs> I, I am fully on board with the lizard people thing. Yeah. Yeah. That the, the elite are lizards. Yeah. They're, they're you know, lizard I, I was watching some videos. Have you, you seen these videos of like George Bush uh, <laughs> having his eyes turn into lizard eyes and stuff? And the Queen of England? Who else? Trudeau. 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 They're all lizards. Dick Cheney. Dick Cheney? Yes. Uh, Every one of them lizards, dude. Swear to God. Get on board. I want to watch these videos now just to to. to see them. You have to. It's creepy. (laughs) Fucking creepy as shit. You told me about them. Yeah. Yeah, Kevin told me about them. So he made me watch them. And now I'm a believer. Well, I'm sure uh, they. I'm sure they do a good job of like. Well, the thing is, is I like Billy Corgan. Like and he says that he's seen someone shapeshift before. That's the Smashing Pumpkins. Yeah, singer. Yeah. Wait, you said he. he where did he say this? He, he. I think he says it on Howard Stern. That he. That he really. He says he's seen. Yeah, he too. like he says he 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 walked in on someone who was in their lizard form, which I think is evidence. Po- who that guy's not going to lie. <laughs> Why would he lie? <laughs> yeah. Where'd that guy lie? Motherfucking Billy Corgan. Yeah. Smashing pumpkin. That's the most reliable the reliable person I can think of to make that claim. What has he got to lose? Yeah. And he's he's apparently full on the David Icke uh train. And I, I heard the stat this morning that something like six million Americans believe that David Icke is correct. About the lizard people, or yeah. just or just our viewers of his content, viewers and I think uh, believers in. I remember because so I, I watched these them, videos. Six million and one. I watched them a long time ago, and I remember thinking, how could he ever recover? Like, how can anybody? <laughs> why, how is anybody still listening to this guy? Well, my favorite thing, he did everything right. Like, I, no one knew he did it right, but he did it right. So he, he comes distanced out and himself he, from it at k- one point, right? Kind of. Like, just kind of stopped talking about it recently. But like, the the way. Do you know anything about David Ike? Uh, a little bit, but not enough. So, but, so he yeah. came. He was a soccer player, like okay. a semi-professional soccer player, and then he was a sports newscaster. And then all of a sudden, one day, he says, "I have an announcement," and I don't know what happened. Like if he'd eaten something real bad, and like his head stomach injury. growled or something, head injury, maybe <laughs> fell off a roof. Uh, and he goes on this like late night talk show, and he goes on <laughs> in a turquoise <laughs> tracksuit. No lies. And announces that he himself is God. 
I believe. <laughs> and then starts talking about like the end of the world lizard people. <laughs> that's the beginning of all of this. He's written 15 books in 16 years. Wow. Yeah. So he, he first started by, like, they invited him on. I learned all this on Rhett and Link this morning, by the, by the way. Because <laughs> he was... That's really funny. Yeah. Imagine being the talk show host and being like, uh, what? <laughs> like, just dropping that bomb? Like, well, I think that they, I think they brought him on because they had a pretty good idea what he was going to say. That's, oh, that's what I'm thinking. You know, okay. I don't think that it was, was like already, an accident. He was already kind of there. I think it was gearing up where he's like, I got an announcement. They're like, oh, David Ice, the sportscaster. <laughs> he's like, call. He's got an announcement. Okay. I am the son of God, <laughs> and I need to talk about lizard people. Huh? D- David. Yeah. <laughs> Is that really you? And then they got him on, and I, I think that like I think they let him do his thing, and that was uh, so. Now I believe that's mm. the point. Mm. Um, Dude, but, but, do, by the way, when we talk about the Jones thing, and he, yeah. he always brings up Soros. Oh, he loves Soros, and oh, Soros is funny. Okay, so <laughs> I have I'm always like like I I, I kind of understand why like they think Soros is like the evil bad man behind well, he a looks, lot of this. He looks evil because like have you seen the way he looks? Oh yeah, he uh, he's him. a. He's yeah. great. Bond He's a villain. great fucking but, villain. But it's because it's because of what he did with the British so power, power, right? Because like I think people think that he just has enough like power and money to like. Well, I was amazed. So so Rogan countries. didn't know about the pound thing. No, no idea. So Soros did. He challenged Alex Jones on that a little bit. Yeah, and they, they had and to I'm look like, it no, up. no, no, that's true, yeah. Joe. So J- J- Soros crashed the British pound. Is largely responsible for going to war with the British pound. And in fact, orchestrating like basically a his intentions were clear, very clear. Yeah, yeah. He ba- bankrupted the Bank of England. That's that's what he's famous for. Now, what most people don't know about George Soros is that he went on to try it to the Bank of the Philippines, I believe, and a number of other places and that we know of. T- to no avail. Yeah, yeah. How many how many covert stuff did he do that he got away with that we have no idea? Too. I think he plays too much Fortnite to do do it more than you hear Soros. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but you know, he, he tried it in other countries to like less good results. I think he's doing it in crypto. I'm, I'm with you. I think he's. Buying I like a, it. I, I want Soros to be the main source. Of that crypto was one of my conspiracy. one of my early crypto yeah. memes was him being the puppeteer. Yeah, you have on, that. I love that. That's, yeah, the, that's, that's one of my favorites on, like, ooh, on all the cryptos because <laughs> it's like I know it's, it's almost it fits because he knows nothing about the space and might as well just throw ten million in every single one. So he definitely has the winner. And well, what's beautiful about it is there's no bank, right? So he's probably doing if he is. He's doing traditional like currency weird. He's controlling it because you've seen it. Like everything goes up, everything goes down, everything goes up, everything goes down, everything goes exactly sideways. It's very weird. Completely unrelated projects that no, have different, right. different proof of work. Sex algorithm, coin proof of rises with Bitcoin, yeah. down with Ripple, up with Ripple. Yeah. You know, like whatever. So we know his playbook is to crash these things. So that means that there may be a day here, Kevin, where you, me, Sean, get to pick up some Bitcoin at like twelve cents. I hope not. I hope so. That'd be awesome. Be great. <laughs> Didn't I tell you earlier? Like you want to look back on your earlier days and uh-huh. acquire the things that you thought you could never have for as cheap as possible. <laughs> <laughs> That's the BD baby love. That's what's just what you want to do. Like yeah. this is insane. Like if you if you don't if you don't believe that, uh, you're not a beanie baby collector. But yeah, I think that the, the Soros stuff is really interesting because he's he's. He's such a pervasive figure in every conspiracy. So you have the libertarians who think that he controls everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jones types who think he's that he's like behind everything. The globalists. 
Yeah. Whatever. He, he gives a lot of money to like Media Matters and all of these other organizations. And he's got a weird sort of financial history as well as a God complex. So if you read any memoir about George Soros, they'll tell you George Soros really wants to be important and he likes to, you know, control things. You know, all of that I get. And then you extend that into like the real world. And remember that lady who got uh, sprayed in the face with bear mace at the Milo Yiannopoulos event? Oh, uh, um, Kira Robles? Yeah, so I got to bring this back to Bitcoin. Yeah. So, so she had this uh, make Bitcoin 10,000 or 2,000 again? Great again. Hat. It was great again. Was it great again? Mm-hmm. And they thought that was a Trump hat, so they spray her in the face with bear mace. You know that none of the news caught, none of the news organizations that reported that initially caught that it said Bitcoin uh, on the hat either. Right. No one, no I forgot one, about that. Everyone just assumed it was make America great again. Mm-hmm. No, it really went below the radar. Right. So she gets, you know, hit in the face with bear mace. And then what does she do? She sues. All right. And so she Dusty files never a complaint. To her. Well, no. She files a complaint. Yeah. The complaint, you got to read it. It's, I've read every word. It's like 20 pages. And, and she sues like 200 people in this thing. Really? The city, the, every, the police, the, force, the school, the, firefighters. the dean of the college, the president oh, wow. of the college, yeah. the people involved, and George Soros. Oh, he named? <laughs> Under the guy that he, he funded, like, Antifa? Like, he funded Antifa? Fucking, like, they don't explain it, really. It's just kind of a... We're just throwing him in there. But that didn't that, like, catapult her, launch her into, like, a level of notoriety, like, a semi-celebrity status, that whole incident? Yeah, but yeah. I don't. I mean, I think that's what she wanted in, in some ways. I don't think she minds that. Uh, oh, I can't say that. I don't know her really. I'll but, take some bear spray in the face. Yeah, for, that's what I'm saying. I think a, I think that's fine. I won't. For a mill, it's probably worth a mill. For a mill, I'll take it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do. I'll do a lot worse than that for a mill. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen Rogan's show. Fifty K. I'll think about it. What is that? A danger zone? <laughs> What's that? Fear factor. Fear factor. Look what people do for like fifty thousand bucks. Oh yeah. Ninety percent of that I wouldn't do for fifty thousand bucks. A lot of that, You're right? Like, a lot of that. Here's a here's, this is a poisonous cobra. Just put it down your throat. Well, they would just blend up beetles and just make you drink that shake like that. Well, like they, I don't know if I'd be able to get that down for all the money in the world. Just yeah. some of that stuff is too disgusting. Putting live cockroaches all over your body. Mm. Well, you know what? You know what got them uh, kicked off was uh, the donkey semen or whatever. They had to drink. Wait, that. they they got kicked off. That was well, the that he, was the, the one that the one that was like got broke them, it. Yeah, was uh, him donkey did, semen. Girl chugged a whole pint of it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and they were like, <laughs> not a, not a little bit. Picture a picture a big Guinness. <laughs> it's on it's on YouTube. You can watch that. Oh, I will. Yeah. <laughs> For real? Mm-hmm. He also claims that someone was going to die. Uh, uh, it was only a matter of time. Like, they would have stunt crews, but they were dangling people off helicopters and canyons, and, you know, they, they were getting, they were pushing. They were getting a little reckless. Yeah, yeah. He said, you know. You know what's really funny for me is, like, all of the things of my childhood have coalesced into, like, a great society on the part of the world that I like. Like, I was, a, my childhood consisted of a couple of things, Beanie Babies and News Radio. And uh, and and I'm living the best of both worlds as like Joe Rogan becomes more popular. <laughs> I remember like watching news radio goes off the air and like he disappears for. I was like, wonder what happened because like everyone like goes off. Like Lisa from the show goes on to ER, and uh, you know Dave Foley is Dave Foley. You never you know you, you know he's never going to do anything. And now he's got a podcast, I think. But uh, for a while, I thought David Foley was David Spade. Hmm. 
But, you know, uh, Phil Hartman was dead. Uh, then, you know, J- Jimmy James goes and does things like Office Space. I didn't know that. He's, he's the Red Stapler dude. Oh, no shit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You didn't put that together, did you? No. Yeah, he's, he's, yeah, everybody, everybody wants stapler. He's that guy. Mike Judge just tweeted a picture of the stapler, which was actually burned in the fire. Like, it's actually charred. Really? Yeah, he has it. Did you know that... Uh, I, I, this, is, this is a fun fact that you can learn on the internet. Uh, apparently, Swingline didn't make a red staple. Oh, really? Yeah, they had, to, they had to paint one for the show itself. And since, uh, the, uh, since that movie came out... They've right. since Made released a, a candy version. apple red stapler. Isn't that excellent? Yeah. I think that's great. <laughs> Today's a fact show. Uh, did you want <laughs> did you did you listen to the, the Jed McCaleb interview? No, I forgot about that. Oh what you heard it though, right? With the one where he yeah. was the one he talked about the Mount Gox stuff? I haven't listened to it yet. Okay. So the answer is no. Uh, but I have read some of the choice things from it, such as apparently him admitting that Gox was not fully solvent when he sold it to Mark Carpelese. Right. Carpels. Carpels. Uh, which I, I don't know how that's not fraud. Do you see something coming of that directly I, from I, that podcast? I, I can't imagine. Like, that's been the question. Because, like, Mark Rappellas has made the case that he was handed a bag of shit before and that he spent the rest of his time. I mean, he was young, you know? Mm-hmm. Jed McCaleb was older, knew what he was doing, throws his bag at some kid, and then walks away. Like, to me, that, that seems shitty. And it sounds like he was short on user funds. And on the show, he just kind of dismisses it. He's like, well, that's just how you run a small business. You're always short. And it's like, well, yeah, but not of, like, not of, not of user funds. And then the next line is, and then, you know, we were on course to make this much money the next year. It's like, well, if you're on course to make so much money, then why did you sell it? Mm. It, it, it doesn't jive. So you knew you were going to make like $4 million the next year. And you were like, I just don't have time to deal with this. I got to go do something else. We're going to make $4 million next year. I got to go do this other project, which is going to, you know, has a tenuous chance of working. So I'm just going to like, you know, you take it. And I, I can't imagine Mark paid much for it. I think he probably just kind of gave it to him. That's kind of the story, right? Yeah. Yeah. So explain that one. So uh, are there a team of attorneys that went to work on filing paperwork the very next day based on this new information? I don't know. I really don't know. I would hope so. But I've always wondered what, like, Jed McCaleb was going to get for this. Nobody ever questions him. Mm. I, I can't believe that he would go on a show and talk about anything that would possibly incriminate himself or tie himself back into that. Right. Like, and I don't upside? think there's a statute of limitations on financial crimes. I mean, I just can't imagine what the upside was for him to... I bet I bet he... I bet he thought he, he's so on the top of... Like, this is a guy who is known for being the co-founder of Ripple. I don't really want to... And now the, doing this big stellar project. Might, he's got the Midas touch, essentially. Like, yeah. so he's, he's one of the guys that just came out as like a king from this ICO shit. So and like, I don't know that I want to bring too much attention to it because of my stellar investment. So Yeah, I, yeah, yeah right? <laughs> <laughs> so sell, so sell that XLM. But, like he, and it, but like a guy like that probably is like, fuck it. Like, probably didn't think twice. Like, yeah, I can bring that up. No one's going to come after me. Yeah, it seems it. Like, it was brazen. To me, it's brazen. Like... 
Because I, I would have just denied. Like, no, it wasn't, it wasn't insolvent. No, you'd be you'd be very if you were him, you'd be very conscious. I think he was of what I, you would say if anything about the Mount Gox. I think stuff. what happened is that he was completely unaware that he was going to be asked that because no one has ever asked him. Because no one ever talks about. Yeah, he. I think he probably like no one has ever really bothered to bring it up. And I'm sure in 2019, you figure you've gotten away with it at this point. You probably haven't lost sleep over that for a few right. years. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Jed. Imagine compared to everything else I've done, that's nothing. Well, I remember years ago there were, there were stories about Jed McCaleb. Jed, yeah. you, think, you think that's bad? You should see what I do with Stella <laughs> on a daily basis. <laughs> Oh, I mean, Jed, Jed McCaleb, though, like that guy, that guy's interesting. He, yeah. uh, I, I wonder, I, I don't know, Kevin, if anything would come out of it, but it, it is mind blowing to me. And then, uh, and then he got that interview. What, who's the one that did the show? What Bitcoin did, right? Yeah. He got, the, why are you guys listening to this podcast? Like, there's so many good podcasts in the space now. Wait, Peter McCormack, What Bitcoin Did? Isn't that what that is? Isn't mm-hmm. that where yeah. they did the interviews? What yeah. Bitcoin Did? That's, it's just like, stop listening. Go listen to good shit. Like, <laughs> not not you. I mean, oh. stop listening to this. Oh, our oh, show. Oh, okay. Yeah, like I saw you. Like, <laughs> why, why? He does a great show. <laughs> I know. That's my point. Yeah, it's just uh, in comparison. I think he's got one of the best ones. You, you know, it's uh, in in the in the Bitcoin space. Yeah, he's he's got like a five star. Bitcoin podcast, yeah, absolutely. Unlike ours, he does. He's active. He's got a lot of great guests on, and uh, amazing. He, he does amazing a great content. job talking to them. Yeah, he asks great questions. So yeah, he uh, he kind of got. He, I think he got Michaela on, but then a few days later, he has Mark Carpeels on, mm-hmm. Carpelez, and uh, it, it, just two really good interviews. Yeah, you know, I didn't watch all the that whole series in full. Like I, I I listened to parts of it, and then just I wanted to give it more attention, and then. And then I said, I'm just going to wait for the whole series to come out and watch it in succession. So, like, there, I think there's five or six of Who them. Who else is he interviewing? Uh, they're done now, but I think there's like a total of six or five or six. There's a Mount Gox series. Yeah, oh, really? Mount Gox series, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I've watched two of them and parts of the other three. You should or get four. McCormick on. Interview him. Yeah. yeah. I don't want to interview him, just to like have him come on. He can, he can podcast on this. I just want to become popular. <laughs> <laughs> I want the show to be good for like one episode, <laughs> you know? But that was that was absolutely wonderful. Like I, I was really blown away uh, by his interviews uh, or the, the quality of the people he's getting on those interviews. So like, good job, Peter. Keep it mm-hmm. up. I'll, I'll, I promise to actually listen this week to the two rather than to look at snippets people are pulling out. But you know, did, I listened to the one he did with uh, Peter Todd. Pay, uh, that one was really good. Yeah, because there were things I didn't know that I, I was like, oh, that's interesting. Like like Peter 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 was talking about like. The early days of like him trying to be, like being a younger person, trying to get like like being part of the cypherpunks and yeah. like trying to figure out how to do like digital cash, and like they were thinking about proof of work wrong. Oh, he brought that up this week on Twitter too with like Nick Zabo, Adam Back. He said because it was like they were thinking of proof of work utilized in um, the supply of for inflation of the of, right versus like it, that that doesn't matter at all. It needs to be applied thing. to the. To, to the transaction history, like the, like the yeah, the double spend portion, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, like that's, that's like interesting. That, a, like they were, like they were kind of close. Other people were thinking about this and kind of close, but like it, it, it took like that nuance to understand. It's like, it's weird, right? Yeah, it's it's a really like the whole thing is a weird problem, mm-hmm. and uh, Bitcoin's amazing because like, yeah, it, it, <laughs> the the fact the fact that it. 
it has gotten this far without any real security breaches of the type that you would, you know, like there's an article from MIT, the unhackable blockchains getting hacked. Yeah. But, yeah. but like, it, it's bullshit. Sorry, yeah. guys. I said, people were saying that to me. And I was like, well, first of all, I skimmed through it. Define hacked. About, well, they're talking about like Zcash and Ethereum Classic. And I'm like, well, per- did you see the EOS thing? Uh, the headline, I, I don't I don't. So apparently the, they, the EOS uh, wasn't able to create a Byzantine fault-tolerant voting system or something like that, or like validation system. So someone was able to steal just a shit ton of EOS, <laughs> <laughs> which was the point. Yeah. Well, they like, yeah, that doesn't work. No. <laughs> what, what are they, DPoS? <laughs> something, some bullshit. Deep piece of shit. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, th- I think that I think that this Byzantine fault tolerance nonsense is going to start going away. We're going to see that. I think Ethereum. I mean, Ethereum cons- cons- Constantinople's up. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that, that was that yesterday. That just like is happening. Yeah, yesterday today. So I think uh, Kevin, you're the better here. Uh, I think you need to offer a prop bet or something. I'm just using words now. Uh, betting based words. Those are right. That prop bet. On uh, on how long it takes for this to have its first explosion. That'd be interesting. Yeah. I wish there was a website that would let you do that. <laughs> hoddle, hoddle. I bet it doesn't go away. I think I think EOS is going to be around for some time. I'm talking about Ethereum now. I, You're well, way behind. Same, well, same. Yeah, but same same <laughs> bullshit. Like I don't I don't I, like it's not it's not like this next. Of year. It's going to be around for a long time. Right? A I wouldn't be surprised if there's going to like there's people that live in communes for 40 years and have <laughs> sex with the sex with the guy who's leading it. You know, and they leave their kids behind <laughs> when they leave. You the, know? the Japanese guy was on that island for, after World War II for like 40 years. So yeah, it got, God only knows. Uh, how long this is going to be around? Do, who do, <laughs> do, do, do you see the turtles for reparations at that point? Do you sue? The, what would you just say? Do you sue the turtles for reparations at that point? Like, like fucking <laughs> left me, and like I get like nothing. Like you can like earn money. You you come back. Like how do you retire? What do you what do you get? I think the government's back. He's, like, he's been retired the whole he's time. Like, like I'll, I'll stay here. I'm good. Yeah. I'll just die here. Yeah, on the had it figured, yeah, had it figured out. He's there for that long. He had food going, water out of shelter. I wonder, what his favorite, I wonder what his favorite food was. People worked their whole life to go sit on the beach all day. Yeah. <laughs> he, he got that right away. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, you know, it's not as great as you think. <laughs> I wish I had a Corona. <laughs> so. I wonder what kind of shit you discover when you're out there. You're just like, I got to fucking survive. You're like, I got to get water from somewhere. Somewhere it's been like six days. I'm so fucking thirsty. He's probably eating crab legs all day. Oh, but he might fish. be doing that. That's like <laughs> lobsters. <laughs> no, he's like, is it lobster season? Yeah. No one cares. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? You're making being on an abandoned island sound really. Good. <laughs> I thought the Swiss Family Robinson was like a tale of hardship, but really it wasn't. <laughs> Until the pirates got there, it was just like it was really just paradise. Yeah. Palm trees. Probably sends a postcard of his real place to his parents every year. They they, they stop by like, hey, you want to come on? Like, we'll get you off the island. He's like, I'm good. I'm good. I'm vacationing. That's amazing. I, I don't even know about that guy, actually. There was another guy that, like, lived near people, but he would, like, come out and attack them. <laughs> and, like, no one like no one knew how to, like, he was, like, behind him in the forest, like, ready to kill. And, like, they, 
had to go talk to the guy to be like, look, dude, the war's over. <laughs> like, really? Oh, he was yeah. trying. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Oh, that makes so much more. So he was like out this there. Was like, a, this was a different guy, I think. Yeah. He was like but all was, dressed up. He's like, I'm out here. Same Japanese guy. Yeah. Like, like he would like occasionally raid. What's up? I was going to say something racist or like Vietnamese. What? He would occasionally raid the town. Yeah. Like he'd come out and like, oh, guy's here. He's like shooting and like bing, throwing bing, bing. shit, Probably, like, <laughs> fashioning his own bullets in the forest. Just leave some supplies out for him this time. Yeah. <laughs> it won't mess. With like, well, <laughs> <laughs> well, they they were probably leaving, he goes into yeah. town, steals a horse. Yeah. <laughs> they were probably leaving shit for him. He was probably like, "Oh, they're giving in. I'm going to keep." What do you like? Like, right, right? You like? I, I'm, I'm the one man wrecking crew. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> man, you gotta have some compassion to let that happen. He's here again. He's burning another house down. <laughs> I swear to God, he's not an arsonist, but he sure acts like one. <laughs> oh, that's fucking weird. Well, it's crazy that like you had a war and people were sent places and people forgot about him, and like they were just they just they just stayed in war mode for years. Like, yeah, like that's, that makes sense though. That's a crazy, yeah. Um, did you know that George Soros? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I, the George Soros conspiracies are really funny to me. They're just so funny. The fact that like they insert him into everything. No doubt, he's got a lot of money, and I'm sure he's done plenty of stuff. But like everything, yeah. Well, when you're not, when you want to think of like the cons- the evil bad guys that are the conspiracy, well, he's perfect. He he just fits the bill. Warren Buffett would have been perfect too, but he's too like he's he's too much like a teddy bear. Warren Buffett's like the the good billionaire. Oh yeah, he's they, so nice. They they should fight. Like that should be the. I don't know. You know what else interesting story that my buddy sent me? Uh, that that exchange hot bit that some people uh, we know bought some grin at. The the daily volume is now higher than the market cap of Grin on like a pretty consistent basis. Really? Yeah. <laughs> so either either they're trading the shit out of it, which is possible. It's not impossible to. I'm fully aware. I, I fully believe that, and, and for a couple of reasons. Number one, nobody knows whether they have or don't have Grin. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so, I think it's. I've decided, and this is what, what I do. Uh, the cheap, the, the safest place to keep your Grin. Is on an exchange, one hundred percent, because the exchange will at least pretend that they know whether you have or don't have grin. It's the Bruce Fenton paradox. Is it or is it not in my wallet? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It might be there. Might be there. Might yeah. not be. So I, you know, maybe that's why they needed such a high inflation rate on that thing. What for? What reason? Because nobody knows whether they do or do not have it. So there's just a lot lost. <laughs> it should have been called Heisenberg and not Grin. Why? Because you don't know whether it's alive or d- dead. Yeah. It's in both states. You both have it and don't have it so, at all times. One thing I wanted to ask you about is given the heavy inflation schedule, it almost seems like they're dissuading early adopters you know, from getting involved. because That's one of, their, that's one of the reasons they... But then your point was you know, the ideal playbook should be to increase early adoption as almost as much as possible. I would think of. so. I yeah. know, what, what, what is the plan? Like, okay, well, okay, so what our goal is is to drive interest in all this the, thing. All the people who take a risk to, early on, yeah. we're, we're going we to ha- handicap them. Right. We, right. It, it doesn't make, like, we want everyone who, like, is curious and interested in this project. What we really want you to do is we want to drive your interest down so far 
that only two people are left, and we'll just mine grin for the next 25 years until the inflation rate goes, you know, to a, a nominal level. Yeah. And, and then everyone will be interested. It's three, four, three or four, 300, 400 or 300% now, and it doesn't get down to Bitcoin's current level of inflation until the year 2040. Well, the question is then, like, so, so now you're going to have, like, a very small number of people who are highly interested in this extremely highly inflating, like, currency of sorts, mm-hmm. right? So the Gini coefficient on that will just be ridiculously low. Like, it'll be all in the hands of, like, the 500 people that stuck it out. But isn't isn't the design to to produce the complete opposite result? I think that when retards design things, they often create uh, products that cause the exact opposite of the thing they wanted to have happen. I hate Harry Potter. Yes, it's also named after Harry Potter stuff, so yeah. that, that should be telling. I've never seen one of the movies. My girlfriend tried to make me watch the first one, and it's so old it doesn't even hold up. I couldn't even. <laughs> I couldn't get no traction. I have. I once had a friend who tried to get me to read one of the books, and he put it on tape for me while I slept. <laughs> and I may or may not have finished it. I have no idea. I, I think huh. I, I don't remember anything that happened. Okay. And I've never seen the movies either. Really? No, but I did. That puts you in rare company. I think, I, yeah, in this you country. and me. This yeah. is we are. Have you? I, they, they were forced on Gay. my throat. <laughs> 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 they sure they they should, they should play those movies in in school. And I finally like gave in and like, I don't, read I don't, a book or something. I don't know. I'm older than you guys, so I, was like, the, 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 I, I don't remember yeah. being in school. Like when I was in school, like okay, this is what's odd. When Harry Potter was came out, it was I was like. I thought they were for kids. I was already past this. I was like, oh, well, kids are reading those. Yeah. Right? And then uh, I've done interviews now for people going into college, right? I'll do the uh, college interviews. And 201, when I went to college, they asked one simple question. What book do you read? You know, what's your next book? Or what's the next book on your book list? And, you know, my answer was Return of the Native, which ended up being a bad answer for a lot of reasons. Uh, Have I told you that story? One of the funniest stories. <laughs> ever, yeah, I, I think you've told it uh, on here. Have I? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's that, one of the one of the worst things ever. So my my answer was Return of the Native, uh, which is incidentally maybe my second or third favorite book. Uh, but Return of the Native, and every single person I've interviewed now says Harry Potter, and I want to murder millennials. I just fucking hate them. Harry Potter. That's that's your favorite. That's the book you read, but I, I haven't read it, so I guess I can't really say much. But like, I look at them. The font is big. It's uh, it's hideous. It, it just seems really boring. Well, it's like you think these people would like pick a more obscure book just to pick a more obscure book. You'd think so. Harry yeah, so you think like you're going to you're going to like a good school or like, you want to and with you know, a childish con- connotation. With yeah, it, it's like yeah. like okay, so you read a wizard book. Like let's just say Lord of the Rings. <laughs> at least I can respect that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like you know that's that's wizards too, and like it's respectable. Like Harry Potter, come on, really? That's the same answer I got like two hours ago when I interviewed the person before you. <laughs> God damn! But yeah, every single one, and uh, I, I did I did know. Huh. Uh, ten, sort of Emma Watson, mm-hmm. who I know is in the movies, but that's the only thing I knew about her. Mm. Did she go to? She did. Same. Yeah, she went to the same place. Yeah. So, she. I, I met her mother and her boyfriend once, and mm. then talked to her a number of times. Uh, she's very nice. Very nice. And she was really uh, super hot. Yeah. 
until that whole uh like political activism. Well, do you know what? <laughs> you know what everyone seems to forget about Emma Watson and this political shit is when she was in college, the final Harry Potter movie got made. All right, and I've never seen it, but I know a little bit about it. And the big thing is uh, that every everyone from the cast came back to be in it. And Emma Watson, whose main cause nowadays is like work uh, place. Parody for pay, mm-hmm. pay parody. Uh, equal work for equal pay. Equal work for equal pay. Her agent held out and said that she wasn't going to do the final movie until they paid her something. I think that Harry Potter for the final movie got like eight million bucks or something. What's his name? Oh, uh, Elijah Wood. No, the other he's a flipper. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, no, he's he's, yeah, the, he's the one. In, he's the one in Flipper. The other guy. Um, uh, I forget. Uh, Harry. Uh, no. Harry. Harry. Potter. I'll look it up. That's the actor, Harry Potter. Yeah. Uh, I think he got like something like $8 million. Uh, the other one, uh, they got like $6 million or the something. Ginger. The ginger. Is there a ginger in it? I think so. Oh, okay. Uh, Emma Watson got like $30 million. Really? Yeah. Which we just recast you, a lookalike. <laughs> that's Harry, what I like, yeah. just, uh, I gotta, yeah, right? Like, uh, we'll, we'll get someone else. Right or off. <laughs> I've seen those videos too. They exist. <laughs> When I Google Harry Potter cat, like actor cast, Google shows all the people except for the main guy. Really? That's a really weird search. Elijah Wood, I told you. It's not a lot. Do you remember the Bitcoin TNABC one? And uh, Daniel Radcliffe, that's it. Oh, all right. He's the Elijah Wood of Harry Potter. Yeah. Uh, Do you remember? Okay, so TNABC number one uh, was happening in Florida. 2014. Yes. And I remember... This woman showed up who none of us had ever seen before, uh, who started talking about how she's been in Bitcoin forever. Um, Tony Lane Casserole. Remember? Was this 2014 or 2015? 20, 2014, right? 2014. It was the year that I hit on Lisa Chang. 2015. Are you sure? I'm really sure. It oh, yeah. It yeah. was 2015. Cause that was, so 2014 was the year. 2015 was the Garza year, which meant that yeah. every, every Bitcoin celebrity showed up. Yeah. Yes, I remember. So uh, then this this lady who no one had ever heard of, Tony Lane Castro, shows up and is like walking around in like a feather boa. I remember she had a black dress, big old fucking heels. And this is before anybody had ever heard of John Seth. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was better back then. But she would she was parading around real like, you know, I've been here forever. I've been in Bitcoin since 2007. And you're like, okay, okay whatever. And I remember that, you know, because she was like the first lady in Bitcoin at the time. I, I remember everyone uh, followed her out of uh, the Clevelander and goes to this little club in 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 Winwood in Winwood where <laughs> Elijah Wood was DJing. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. I remember that. Everyone, remember was, that? Like, everyone was like, oh, we Elijah Wood's a DJ. Yeah, we couldn't get He's in. DJing in Winwood, and like, everybody wanted to go there. We were right behind him. We, yeah, we were right Be behind her and a bunch of other people, and they all went. They, they all got in because you know, they were with a hot chick, uh, hot for Bitcoin. And, uh, <laughs> and you were, you were, Bitcoin and Bitcoin you were with dimes. me, who <laughs> was the former hot chick in Bitcoin. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. <laughs> That's the one thing I resent her for. She took my mantle. Yeah. The hottest, hottest woman. In that was the hottest woman in Bitcoin at one time. 
But yeah, like that was that was a great year. Yeah. Oh man. Um. What'd you get? Oh, uh, should we talk about the uh, the dissident app? Oh yeah, that's a, that was a thing that we wanted to talk about. Yeah, yeah. pretty good. Have you played with this? Uh, a little bit. I haven't installed it or, or done any of that, but I watched some videos of people doing the setup process. It's, one, it's one, really one, easy. One, of, one of the videos I watched said, "Don't don't do it unless you have a VPN because you're going to get added to the government list of dissenters." <sighs> I hate the name. Dissent. Yeah, I is think it's a really it dumb is? name. Is that, is that it? That's it. Dissenter. Right? The Dissenter app. Yeah, I think it's a really Center. dumb name. I hate it. I love the app. I love the idea of the app. I hate the name. And you know, I was I was thinking about it today. Like, I think on WordPress, someone should release a plugin that just lets you like convert your comment uh, system all the way to like be the dissenter app. Just accept it. Yeah, like if there's like an integration there. Yeah, I think that's what I would do. I'd just yeah. have like a dissenter app integrated right in there. So like you you want to comment on dissenter app, so everyone's like, what the fuck is this? Then just like put it right there. Just be like, yeah, I'm, I'm okay with that. I yeah, can close these comments down. <laughs> it it's cool. Like I'll go to a page and be like, oh, I wonder if anyone's commented on this yet. Like. And do you see comments yeah, on stuff? I see, like, I see a lot of comments. And it's only four days old. Yeah. No, that's pretty remarkable. I mean, Sean, Sean, were, Sean sees a ton of comments because he mostly reads, like, white nationalist stuff. But, like, other <laughs> than that, like, I see it on other places, too. Yeah. <laughs> I love the comment section. A, a lot of times, even on, like, a Reddit article, I'll start with the comments first. And then it'll clearly you re- tell you whether or not right. the article's worth a click faster than clicking on the actual article. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And... um Manually, essentially, when I read an interesting article, I'll go to Twitter and type in either the headline or keywords to look for the discussion about it to try to see if anyone calls out a mistake or a correction or something like that. So um, this is a lot more efficient, a lot more attractive solution. If it, I know. agree. I think it's a phenomenal solution. And, and what's fun is that like I'm seeing a lot of people, like Sticks, X, and Hammer, Sticks, Hex, and Hammer, 666, mm-hmm. uh, who's an amazing YouTube guy. Have you, have you seen this guy? He's he's a former Satanist, and uh, he just gets on camera. He like I don't know. He's like shirtless and just you know, like eats cereal and just and talk. Puts out about four or five videos of some of the best political commentary that exists on the internet I, today. I, I love what's, him. What's his name? Sticks Hexenhammer six six six. What a great name, though. I got. I gotta, like. I just really. I thought it was a terrible out. name. I thought it was a te- like. I mean, you couldn't it grows get much on you, worse. Doesn't it? it grows on you. It's growing on me. I can't, it's not that it grew on me. I'm just like numbed out to it. I was like, hi, I'm Sticks X yeah. and Hammer. I, I kind of, <laughs> I'm willing at this point in my life to give a lot of people a pass on like the one crazy thing that they're involved with. Like Carl if, if you can provide Yastrzemski. value in other I'm trying areas. to say that name when you see it first time. At least I could pronounce it like Sticks Hex and Hammer. Yeah. You know? But yeah, you're right. Like, I, I think he's earned the name. Uh, he owns it. He, he does. You know, it's uh, it would be very tempting for him to rebrand into a more corporate name or something. Yeah, I don't think so. Without six 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 six, you're never going to quite shed that. Do you uh, think no one matter. day he woke up? He's like, I wonder if the domain is available. I bet someone's probably taken it. <laughs> Sticks Hex and Hammer. Oh, it's available! <laughs> wow, no one thought of that. Yeah, yeah. Sticks Hex and Hammer six six six, and he talks all about the center. And if you look, a lot of his commentary has moved into the center on YouTube. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, no one trusts the YouTube comments. Uh, when Jack Dorsey went on the Rogan podcast, that was the major controversy that all the top comments were getting pulled. Right. It was blamed on the AI. And now recently, you know, Rotten Tomatoes 
basically made a rule that you can't put out negative review for a movie that's not out. Right. Uh, which is pretty wild. Yeah, YouTube just the other day banned comments for minors. Wait. Well, there's, yeah. there's a few you things. Know, you know what's going on. Yeah, there were a few things yeah. going on. Yeah. Well, there were a few things going on, like with the minor thing. Like mm-hmm. that seemed like they that was just how they responded to what was going on. Yeah. And it just ended up with like, well, I guess there's going to be no comments on like any. It's a permanent solution. Yeah. And then, you know, uh, Live Leaks, another website that. that I like. You can't and say those two words together. They disable comments no. on some of the, like, the per- controversial videos. Solution. Yeah. <laughs> Well, no. you know what's funny is that like Rotten Tomatoes and such, they they uh, they they benefit a lot from the uh, from the comments section, right? Like they they actually like a lot of a lot of their traffic comes from the comments people make. People go to that site to see the comments because you want to read what other people are yeah, saying. Yeah, that's about the, the entire purpose of the site. Yeah. So like, if you have something like Dissenter, and they go on to uh, they go on to you know Rotten Tomatoes or something like that, then you know. They fucking steal all the content. Mm-hmm. They just take it, and yeah. like that's the content everyone came to Rotten Tomatoes for. Yeah. So I'm weirded out by that because there's a lot of sites that like full on exist in order to like show you comments. That's yeah. one of them. YouTube isn't that different. Yeah. Like there's a video, but like you're there to interact with it and like see the comments and, and make comments yourself. Yeah. Well, it's like <clears throat> there's a lot of sites that do the commentary stuff, and it seems like. The people running the sites, either by choice or just be feeling forced to, have to pull that content, pull, pull those comments. So, like, is well, it, let's talk about what happened with YouTube, by the way, why they removed the comments. Because well, that, that's, that's in a, interesting. In the long run, like, are comments just like a giant liability? And, like, it's just going to happen more and more. Like, or like, in other words, like, in other words, user, 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 user content on your site. Well, if I were asking, uh, I mean, the, the site owner of Gab is Andrew Torba. So, if I were asking him a question, mm-hmm. one of the questions I would ask him, has to do with UGC, user-generated content. I would mm-hmm. want to know, uh, basically, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, the laws on that are pretty clear. I would like to know what he thinks about, like, UGC and how it relates to the comment space. Because I think if they're just providing comments, I think it's all user-generated. I think their only obligation is to take down things that are uh, uncopy- or, or copyrighted or violate a trademark or, you know, st- stuff like that. Basically, but they don't really have any obligation beyond that. Like UGC is heavily protected by the law. Okay, so yeah, but, so okay, so sites don't have to be that responsible for what people post. Right, like if someone you know is posting in your forum, as long as you're doing diligence to like try to remove content that you're receiving takedown requests on, you can't really be like sued for like copyright infringement. That's kind of the entire Facebook model, right? Mm-hmm. Like if I if I post copyrighted material on Facebook, it's not Facebook that gets sued. You know, it'd be me. Right, um, but here's you, we don't know what happened with YouTube. What's that? What, what specifically happened with the YouTube? Comments? Oh, so YouTube. What happened on YouTube is that someone figured out that uh, pedophiles <laughs> apparently <laughs> were leaving comments, and I'm not laughing at that. Uh, or leaving comments about uh, in videos that featured young girls in slightly compromising positions, and they would just post uh, weird words and then timestamp time it. Yeah, gross. But but here's the thing. Now you can just put those timestamps in. In Gab, in the center. Oh yeah, yeah. That's true. So like, it, there's, there's. It's not the problem with tech, and I mean, this is everything. Like when you start doing stuff like this, all of a sudden, like you have some really weird problems because, and, and this is why I don't like calling it dissenter because, like, dissenters are people that are like dissenting from sort of the status quo, right? I mean, anybody can be, be that person. It could be you want to buy groceries in Venezuela and the government doesn't want you to, so they disable comments on a website, right? But you could also be a person 
posting timestamps and videos to like help you know guys who want to look at little girls get off. Both of those are dissenters. Mm-hmm. You know, they're they're against the status quo. Some people just enjoy the fun of the comment section and enjoy toxic comments. Yeah, I don't mind that. Yeah. That's fine. But like dissent, yeah, and I don't think those people are dissenting. I don't either. That's why I, I don't like the name for the same reason. I, I, I would have just called it Gab. And it's a perfect that, name. Make that your core product. A three-letter domain name that you already have, and just if it's if you're rolling it out under Gab. Well, that's what people are doing with the app. They're and, dabbing. And then what there. you do is like, and, and then what you do is you just post everything onto Gab's website. In addition, mm-hmm. uh, if you want, you could hide them, or you can post them there, so you could like moderate and manage your comments from the Gab website. And that would be their Twitter. It's going to be interesting to see their moderation policy on these comments to see see what sticks. They, there's there's a lot of stuff that it's going to get weird that, real quick. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I, I do think. I mean, I think. Oh, here's a question. Here's a question for you. Let's say tomorrow, okay. Gab turns on the ability to fund people who are making comments, like that you could like tip them in the Gab app. Well, Tip and Me could do that tomorrow. Sure, theoretically. Yeah, they could. Yeah. But let's say Gab turns it on. Uh huh. What's the difference between Gab and Brave? A token. A whole a whole web a whole shitty web browser implementation. Right. Right. Well. The thing is, is that the Gab app might have more restrictions or more pushback from it. Brave, I mean, you're right. Like, there isn't that much of a difference functionally. But well, but, but with Brave, Brave you have to you have to with Brave you have to register still but, to but like, again, to prove well, that you are in fact the owner of the. Like, if, if someone wants to give to you, right, you have to like verify you that you are some type of yeah, yeah. Which is a controversy because you can give to people. Who haven't accepted money yet, and just Brave kind of holds up money, well, I think. Do you think, because uh, the thing about the Dissenter app is, like, you have this idea, and you have, like, this app that everyone's using to communicate, um, but, like, they're not, they, they haven't, like, open sourced the code or anything. Right. Um, I think they have. I don't think they have. They haven't opened it yet? No. You're talking about Gab? Gab has, as far as I know, Gab doesn't have any, op- like, any of the stuff they've been working Correct. on That's is what open I read source. Too. Yeah. I, I thought, I mean, I saw them say that they were going to. Eventually, they might. They, yeah, yeah, but not now. As of now, it's not. We need a decentralized comment section. Well, <laughs> well, well, it's not the worst idea, honestly. So, if you could hold your own comments in your own browser, you know, I would like to see comments I, that well, have no I moderation. Think people that like, are thinking of things like you, that. You know, if I could put but, like a keyword filter that got rid of certain stuff that I didn't want to see, I'd I'd prefer to see raw comments mm-hmm. on, you know, on an article. If I could block certain users, that's what I was going to say. Just which on my own, go in there, mute certain users. Essentially, like you could have a prepackaged keyword list of hate speech words that you don't want to see, and that solves all your problems. Right. Um, Depending on, but you know, I don't know what it's going to look like. If it's going to be littered with ads, if you need to pay five bucks a month in order to make it, you know, I wouldn't even mind that. If I got uncensored, unfiltered comments, and there's reliably comments on like every page, I would pay for it. Like I pay YouTube Red price forty nine ninety nine a month. I think it's more than most people would pay, but yeah. like that's content that I want to see. Yeah, I do too. Yeah, I want like under the Alex Jones under the Alex Jones podcast with Jack Dorsey. I want to see the comments in the order that I want to sort them. You know, by newest, by best, by most most liked. Well, I, that's I, the I, thing. If you if you had an open source comment system, like you could reasonably people could submit their own algorithms for like sorting comments, which would mm-hmm. be interesting if you like had some popular ones or you could load somebody else's yeah. up and say like, I want them sorted by this person. And, and, and a sensitivity filter would, would solve a lot of the, the, the other problems too. Millennials would love it. That's interesting about the pick, pick, 
your pick your own <clears throat> sorting algorithm. Like I don't that. see why you couldn't. Why yeah. not? I don't think that people get this. That, like Google is literally doing spam through sorting. Like it's censorship of sorting, um, which you know I'm okay with sort, sorting censorship, if you will, because that's what well, we all agree well, to. Well, right, and it's based. And you're kind of like bringing on the individual deciding how they want to censor what they don't want to see. And, and it's like, better than fucking burning books, like which is what I think. I think the equivalent of like disappearing people. Yeah. I mean, uh, the new the new uh, response from Jones and Tommy Robinson and these guys now, which I think is entirely appropriate, is you're allowed to buy Mein Kampf on Amazon. You're allowed to read like Hitler's words on Facebook. Yeah. You can't see Alex Jones. It's tough to argue against when, right. you, when you present it like yeah. that. Yeah. Mm. I don't like Hitler. I mean, not even a bit. I have no no sympathy or empathy or anything for him. I, I like his content is bad and evil. But like, when did we come to this idea that like having it out there is uh, so damn? I mean, like I've I've been watching these comments about Jones in particular, and everyone says his content is dangerous. It, I'm like dangerous for what? It strikes gonna, me like, as it strikes me as harmless. Yeah, in a, in a lot of ways. Is, what is he like? Is he is he going to tell you to sacrifice yourself to the comets? Like what, what, what? What's dangerous about it? I watch him on on Joe Rogan. The guy's clearly uh, like acting in some ways. He's talking about you know one of, one of the comedians like very... brought up a great point in terms of why they get held to a higher standard and say an actor who acts out like a rape scene or like a horrible thing doesn't get criticized for that when it's essentially the same production value. It, it, I well, it's mean, even more real in that case. Yeah, yeah, but they get a complete free pass. I mean. Have you ever seen how many actors uh, oppose gun rights and then they show a montage of their clips shooting crazy firearms I love it. movies? I love it. Like it's, Jim Carrey. It's all of them. Yeah, every it's single every one. Every single one of them and multiple shots. So it's like you've done more to promote guns to young kids than about just about anybody. Right. Your, your small voice against it at this point is yeah. uh, is, is very, very dim. Mm. It's, it's very funny. And like actors don't – I mean they're, they're there for the job. Mm-hmm. And they, there's no ethics there. They're just like jumping on the bandwagon. Yeah, hmm. it's it's an amazing phenomenon. But like, yeah, I, I think the oh, center's a, a really neat sort of implementation. I please change the name. Yeah, please Go, going back to the YouTube thing. Uh, Call it Gab. D- Disney said they were pulling their ads from yeah. after, after the child thing. Right? Is that something where they like they'll go back to doing ads on YouTube or? I think Disney is trying I saw to that find I was an like, excuse. I don't think once you pull, you go back in that situation. Well, Disney's been planning on launching a child's YouTube competitor for a while, or they're launching some content right. platform. So I don't think that this is like YouTube and Netflix. I yeah. don't think this is like a, a, a full, this was like, just like a fully good... genuine gesture. Okay, I like. I, I don't think any of these are okay. So, so Disney pulls theirs. Why? Well, because it's a competing platform that they're giving money to, and I don't know that anybody knows how much money they're giving. Mm. Do you think YouTube is on its like? Like we talk about, like can content like that really be free? Like, is 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 it actually a long term viable thing to get free content like that, or it, it's just not going to last? And there's going to be a way to users are have to pay for it at some point. It almost seems like someone's sabotaging their business model from the inside, starting about like two years ago. That, like if, something if, weird if is there going was, on. If there like, was like a mole inside whose job was to, you know, let's, let's just start banning everybody. That's all the most interesting people, the most popular people on the platform. Ban them. Get rid of them. Get rid of them. The reasons everyone's here. It's uh, 
they, they work for BitChute. <laughs> that's exactly what's happening, though. Yeah. Like, th- but that's the thing. Like, well, everyone, everyone's saying, like, just go make your own YouTube. I'm like, well, YouTube's literally deleted the people that are the most viewed on their channel. So, like, yeah. if you want a good base where you can start that, you have it. So the reason that nobody's doing it has got to be for other reasons, guys. Like, it's too expensive. Yeah. You don't make money on videos. That guy, Hammer has, I think, 350,000 subscribers on his YouTube channel. And it was just a video today. He says he has, like, 40,000 on BitChute. So, you know, wow. one-tenth. But it's still... It's a lot. It's, you're, you're right about that, then. People are like... They kind of flock. I Tommy guess. Robinson's on BitChute now. Yeah. I, like, BitChute's becoming the thing. I've never tried BitChute. It's I've, really stupid. Like, it, it's just like YouTube. It's really, it's, it's the same exact thing. I, until you're off YouTube, I'm not going to go check you out on BitChute. Sorry. But I like the idea of you being there, you know. But they, what they, they say they use IPFS, I think. No, which I, I don't, really? I, I am skeptical of. I don't think that that's a, a long term viable solution. I think that there's no way that's more efficient uh, than, like, an Amazon AWS. But if Amazon AWS, like, if these, if these solutions are going to start kicking people off, like, I don't know what the viable alternative is. But there's no viable alternative to video. None. You know, what was interesting, uh, talking about the center, um, you brought up a great point about how likely they are to just become aqu- be acquired by... Okay, so, yeah. I, I, the way I said it is, and, and I think this is true, is that acquisition, I think, is the biggest barrier to actually having a free speech platform. Mm-hmm. And the reason is, is because you, you have something like, uh, let's say Gab. Right, they, they they start this Decenter app, and they uh, they grow to a million users, and it's just getting uptick. It's going fast, fast, fast. Well, what happens when like Twitter comes along and is like, oh shit, this thing's gonna eat our lunch? Let's go talk to you know uh, the owner, and and we'll offer him thirty million dollars today. You know, he's kind of running out of money. You know, he's not he doesn't really have a way of monetizing it, and like he's pulling users away. Thirty million bucks. I mean, it's it's hard for me to see a world where you know this great free speech warrior doesn't just walk away from his project and start going play golf and fishing. It might be a hundred million to get it done. It might be two hundred million. You think that they give a fuck? Yeah. Well, he he raised he has investors, right? Well, that's that's even more, he's, already gone. He's, he's, he's already, already gone. gone. Even if it was just him and his thing, he's already gone down he, the road. He owes people something, right? So, like, he actually owes them an exit. He owes them the ability to take that, you know, to, to if, they, if they can twenty x on this, on this, they'll fucking do play. it tomorrow because yeah. they did not think they were going to. So I think that acquisition represents one of the biggest threats well, to like. Well, it seems like it's going to definitely impede free speech at some point. But I, you know, it's like, well, maybe, 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 maybe the battle to fight that is just an ongoing thing. Like, like uh, yeah, I, I think the battle to fight free speech probably ends up being like the Second Amendment. I think that's why you have them together. The only thing that I could say in response to that is if if a product like that was acquired and the allure was the whole censorship-resistant comment section and now it was going to be censored by Facebook, or wouldn't it destroy the value of the the project at that point? Yes. Yeah. So They don't care. <clears throat> it would be just to to shelve the idea. Wait, to, someone else to is going to block, come. A blocker took, it, play. Yeah, it took them five years to get where they are. Or four years to get where they are now. So what? You're going to have another person pop up four years? It just means that every four years you you pay a subscription fee of two hundred million dollars to somebody who's tried to do this new idea. Yeah. Like unless they're pure idealists who aren't in it for the money, mm-hmm. which is nobody 
because you have to keep the lights on. How much innovation is there in the dissenter idea? Is it is it just that they were the first person to conceptualize it and put that to paper? I don't and... think that's ever the case. So the, the way that I think that this stuff works yeah. is that these are ideas that have been floating around for a while. People try it. They fail. They try it. They fail. There was that one project that was posted on Twitter that was a similar predecessor yeah, project. Yeah, it was uh, Genius, the Genius app. Yep. But... I think I think what ends up happening is at some point, and, and this is actually a, a good example. This would be grocery deliveries. Do you remember how many people tried to do grocery deliveries in two thousand? Mm. Everybody, Simon delivers. Uh, I think Fresh Direct tried it in like two thousand six or so. Everyone failed. No one could figure out grocery delivery because that seems so obvious and easy. Mm-hmm. No one could figure it out. Now we have like Uber Eats. We have all sorts of grocery delivery apps. A public CVS public, down here in Florida. They do it on their it's, own. It's become the norm, yeah. Yeah. But that was supposed to like revolutionize the way that we get our groceries. It took 20 years. And then all of a sudden now there's just a like cultural pivot where people are comfortable with the internet enough. Uh, the confluence of events, people are fat and they don't want to go to the grocery store. I, I don't know what it is. Uh, but there's enough of like a cultural momentum shift that moves people toward this business idea that failed many times before. So like one of the big con- like controversies with entrepreneurs, and you, see, you hear this is like that idea has been tried. It'll never work. It's a dumb, it's a dumb criticism because like ideas get tried all the time that have already existed and they either implement it differently. They implement it better. They, you know, I guess that's my question. Is there, is there any key feature of the center? That's a, a notable innovation but, over. But like, also, I think it's the fact that, we have a world in which the climate, com- yeah, the climate's different. Yeah. We now have censorship all over YouTube. Censorship, you know, like Genius tried to like release its app in a very different way. It was like annotate the internet for fun, you know, and everyone was like, oh, that'll be fun, but like nobody really downloaded it because it was kind of weird and you didn't need it. Yeah, you didn't really need it mm-hmm. on every page. But now this isn't that different, right? But mm-hmm. the different, like the marketing's a little different. The, this, which again, I don't love. Because they're saying, like, if you're a dissident, this comment system's for you. So you literally sign up and you say, like, I'm a dissident. And if you polled uh, people and asked them if they identify as a dissident, you would get zero, zero. responses. Yeah, yeah, you'd get like, like 100,000 people, yeah. a million people. Yeah. But it's not the product that's different. It's just everything else. The, the people that might use it, that, that has changed. That's different. Right. So I don't think that they put a, a lot of good thought into how to market that. Because Especially when they had a nice three-letter, one-syllable word, fucking, too. They, they bought it. They spent a lot of money. Dissident. Gab. Millennials why, why can't spell like, dissident. Let's take this into Gab. Yeah. I keep having to look up how many S's it has. Four-letter word, max. <laughs> one, two-syllable, max. Gab. Yeah. Gab. It's a great name. And it, it's applicable for this tech, too. Perfect. It's, let's uh, take it, it to Gab. The gift of Gab. We bring you the gift of Gab. You know what might happen? It's like gonna get, it's going to get reported by like the media, and they're going to like be like, oh, this is like the app that Nazis are using. 100%. And they're going to call it the Gab app like they're gonna, because that's oh, the yeah. name everybody knows, and then they're just going to be Their like, oh, association yeah, with the alt-right, far-right. They'll, they'll change the name because that's just what everyone's going to refer to it as. Is that the reason why they didn't go with that? Is that that, that might be the reason that's, there. I think why, yeah. but like, I think that's no. the but only it's, way. It's, like, it's stupid. I, I, think that he, I think he just has to embrace it. Like, okay, like, yes, we believe in free speech so strongly that we, you, we made this selection. I don't agree with them. I think they're bad. I think that you have to understand that they have a right to talk. And the fact that you guys are like, I, I don't know, I think that... I think that the uh, I think Andrew Torba, who owns it, has like had his life threatened, his family's life threatened. I think that like I, I've heard many stories about this, particularly around a number of like the incidents on it. I think that 
uh, I think that those things are terrible mm-hmm. and bad, and that comes with the territory of being a dissident. If you choose to be a dissident, yeah. you choose to put yourself in, into the firing line. Yeah, to be labeled a hate group by the SLPC. SPLC. SPLC, yeah. Yeah. Priority uh, loss. Yeah. SPLC. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> and and I, I, mean, I have respect for that. I have a ton of respect for people that put those themselves in the firing line. Those are battles they're, they're going to yeah. have to fight right. by doing that. Yeah. So it says don't shy away from it. Face it head on. And like, you know what? I, I like Andrew Torbeford. He's a, he's a, I think he's a pretty good guy. And I think he's. Uh, I think he's probably. I mean, I've seen a lot of interviews. I think he's honest and yeah. nice. I don't disagree with him on much. Yeah, I don't like, think he's I, wrong I about to, stuff. I, I have to, you know, look for stuff uh, that I, you know, I think most of the time he he seems like he has a pretty good head on his shoulder and, and sees things for what. But they I are. do think he shies away from uh, a lot of the. He shies away from like the desire to like be the Cody Wilson. And I think the thing that Cody Wilson lacked was humility. So, like, it's weird. You get these guys. Like, you have Cody Wilson. He lacks the humility necessary to be the right, like, right person for that job. Andrew Torba, maybe he lacks the bulldoggedness to be the right person for that job. I don't know. But, like, I, I, if we don't get a person for that job in at some point, if someone doesn't interview for it, then, like, we're fucked. Everyone's just going to get banned. Banned. Yeah. Unless Google breaks up. I hope that happens. I think that'll happen now. In some, I've been think thinking about this. Do you think it's more likely? I've been thinking about this. Voluntarily break themselves. I think up? they have to. Yeah, yeah. Before they before they get broken up, I think what's going to happen is at the ad section is going to break off, and they may have to like break YouTube off to make it its own like private company. It'll send the stock price to the roof, won't it? If they start spinning off companies like that, uh, I don't know because if YouTube has to stand on its own, it mm. may. The market might be like, yeah, that, that's not going to work. Maybe. Yeah, like, like I think people, it'll be. I think they're going to have to normally, but the yeah. response is like, I think it's 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 a known thing that YouTube is not is that, able to work on its own. Even with the YouTube Red, I mean, I could never go without paying for that for the rest of my life. Uh, I, really, I would be homeless before I gave that up. You give really? Why is that? Because it eliminates the ads and it just. Oh, I don't give a fuck about the ads. What? Yeah, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. What? I don't give a fuck about them, nah. Well, I mean, almost every ad I can skip within five seconds. I don't care. No, you can't. Almost every one. There's like, you value like, your time too much to say that if you really think about it. I don't. Because I don't care about losing five seconds. It's a dollar ninety nine a month or something like that. Really? Yeah. So cheap. I don't even know if it's that. I'm not sure. I don't even see it. Mm. But when I did it, it was. I can, uh, I can tell you the stats from big channels. I see big channel stats. Yeah, I, I see of the YouTube red users, mm-hmm. it's it's like three to five percent behind my cell phone bill. That would be the second bill that I would never, you know, never get, like. No matter what, I would you probably just made two hundred people buy it. I would imagine it's super popular. It's not like no, no, not not based on the stats I've seen. Like I look at I've, I've looked at stats from big channels. Yeah, and it's a very small percentage of the views. Really? Yeah, I think people are just used to. Getting everything on YouTube for free. Yeah, people don't pay for content. I'm like embarrassed those, how long it took me to do it. And then once well, I did it, it was like, oh my God. Really? It's well, I watch so much content. You do? It's, yeah. It's, it's, for me, it makes sense. If you watch one or two videos a week, no, but I watch 50 a day. So hmm. those seconds add up. I thought it was more than Buck 99. I might be wrong, but 
Yeah, they have like a. It's not far off, I don't think. Interesting. Yeah, they have a sign-up deal going on or something. Yeah, maybe maybe you got like in the the Comcast like twelve dollar a month internet, and like next month it'll be like two hundred bucks. <laughs> yeah, right. Got a fixed rate them. for the first three years. Yeah, <laughs> they, should, they should they should charge they should charge, like, you get access to the comments if you pay for YouTube Red. <laughs> I don't know. That might not be a good idea. It is, I mean, it is interesting that like YouTube is trying to figure out how to like not depend on ads as well, right? Mm-hmm. Like all these sites are trying really hard. But I mean, like Kevin, the thing is this: the only people on the internet that don't like ads are like redditors. Well, the ads are different for me. Like uh, if they're displayed on the side of the website versus if I have to sit and wait to watch a video. That makes sense. You know, that's a whole different level of intrusion for, you know, what I'm just trying to digest content, I guess. I'm always amazed at, like, advertisers because, like, the the YouTube thing. The thing – here's the thing. The thing that doesn't square with me on the Disney pulling ads and these other companies pulling ads is that there's an awful lot of control you have on what you display your ads on. So if you find that your ads are being displayed on something reprehensible, just stop displaying it there. Well, I think the answer is there's no fix for it. There's no way to – there's no target market content that, that avoids that issue for them. But they, they can literally disable it on videos. It's so specific. You can say, I don't want my ad displayed here. On a video? Yes. Well, what else is on YouTube? On a specific video. Oh, you could say like I don't like sticks hex and hammer. I don't want to display my ad there. Okay, oh, so, so they pulled off YouTube altogether, so pull, or just children's they pulled channels? Off YouTube, I all, think. altogether. Yeah, I call bullshit. Yeah. I call bullshit on all of that. The advertising, like I want advertising, you know, like conservatives. They, people don't want to advertise on conservative channels. I'm like bullshit. They can just not do that. You can you can literally say I don't want to advertise on this place, this URL. Yeah, but. If there's a lot of videos and you're like, well, we gotta, we want to display ads that target this demographic, and then you have to go and like specify each video that you don't want your ads to be shown, that may not really be a feasible. It's completely feasible. You have an ad budget, and as people are complaining about your ad being on certain videos, you just start removing them. Everyone knows that ads are not funding, like they're not actually the videos. They have nothing to do with the video, right? Everybody knows that. So, like, the notion that, like, people don't realize that, I don't buy it. Like, oh, you're, Coca-Cola is advertising on terrorist videos. I'm like, well, then Coca-Cola should take their ad off a terrorist video. They can just do that. The notion that, like, Coca-Cola doesn't know that people – or that, that Coca-Cola believes that people don't know that, like, that wasn't done on purpose is absurd to me. I know that they know that. And I know that everyone doesn't care. So, so a company like Disney is just waiting to pull ads and just kind of – they're probably like, waiting they, for an excuse and waiting for wait, a way to like besmirch yeah. their competitor so they can launch their own service. Which, that's that's way, what I would predict. When I hear about a company like so, when this presented itself, it's go time. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. I, and I think a lot of companies making decisions like that. I think they have like things that they're going to do or not do. They at probably some point. plan to pull out six months from now and said that we're just. Hey, like, this is the time. Do it. Yeah. Time. yeah. yeah. What does it get it, us anyway? It smears our competitor. Shows that they're in bad taste. It elevates us. That we kind of and, on a moral and, high and ground. We can quietly start buying again and then reannounce in six months if something else happens. Yeah, at a cheaper rate. Yeah. <laughs> like, Disney pulled out and others pulled out as well. So, like, I mean, it's massive action, and it's it's amazing to me to, like, watch. Yeah. But I don't buy it. So I just th- don't buy it. <laughs> so, yeah, so you don't think that they actually exert pressure on the advertisers in the way that it's claimed? I don't think I – don't, I don't believe that Google or that YouTube is being genuine. 
when they say that these advertisers refuse to advertise on videos, right? I don't think the advertisers are being genuine when they pull their ads. I think I think all of it is a farce. I because see. I know I know how ads work. You can you can specify where you don't want your ads shown. YouTube know like I don't believe for a second that there is a, 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 a that there are no ads that will target like a specific group of people. There are there are people that make things that white nationalists want to buy and they will advertise to them. And there are people that make things that conservatives want to buy yeah. and they'll advertise to them. I mean, Michael Jordan's the famous has the famous line when they ask him to make a political commentary, and his response is even even Republicans buy Jordans. Yeah, so I'm not gonna. Yeah, he's not gonna do yeah. anything. Like that was that's a famous line, and like you're telling me that I don't know a gun manufacturer isn't going to advertise on Facebook yeah. or YouTube to people that buy guns. That's interesting. Yeah, it's insane to me. Like there are like CPAC, like they're not going to add. Like you're telling me that President, uh, the next President of the United States, isn't going to buy ads on a concert like Alex Jones's show? Come on, I'm not retarded. Yeah, you can't say that anymore, can you? It's very offensive. Sure, yeah, sorry. One of my favorite stories about that is when uh, Augusta National, the Masters Tournament, they had some issue where uh, I think it was like women's rights or, or racial membership. Yeah, they don't, membership. Let, they don't women in their yeah, so club. A couple, people got, a couple women got together to put pressure on the advertisers, and they just said that they were going to forego advertisers this year. Just, <laughs> just, just self-fund so, so it. So sorry, Cadillac and uh, Mercedes. <laughs> that showed them. That yeah. showed them. I bet the next year they're like, yeah. fuck off. You know what's really funny about that is like, I think that the people that do this and put pressure on advertisers, they generally do not – they are not buyers of those goods. Like they're going to arrange a, a protest. I mean it was like R. Kelly. How many people said they were never going to buy an R. Kelly song again? I don't. Did many people really actually say I think that? A lot of people announced it. Yeah, but he had better sales after that documentary on HBO came out than he's had in like forty years, like thirty years. It was like the best like two week sale period. I had this feeling that what happened. I, I started playing a couple of, of songs. Like, I think what no, happened. <laughs> every right. I think what happened is everyone they're undeniably started, good. That's the one thing yes, I will sir, say. I believe I can fly. I mean, you know, just, everyone knows. Well, who else? That's, is a, white, than that's him. a white man's R. Kelly right there. Yeah. <laughs> every, every white guy knows that R. Kelly song mm-hmm. and no others. Uh, but yeah, he's undeniably good. He's he's the he's. <laughs> Yeah. He's the Wagner of our day. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if you're talking about, like, sex mixtapes artists of all time, number one slot. Like, no yeah. one even comes close. You got, like, old school right. like, Jodeci or something. Yeah. Like, it's like, oh, the drop-off from him is, is immense. So you have R. Kelly. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I think what happened is everyone was like, R. Kelly, what does he fucking sing again? And they went to YouTube, and they're like, I'll just buy one song. And they bought it. And they're like, oh, I don't yeah. think anybody said that. I really, I, I think I really like this. And then they and then they were like, I'll never fucking buy another one again. You're like, he put, that was like <laughs> he spent never decades on Billboard number one. Yeah, I mean, people spend their whole life to try to get one top ten hit, and he would just put out an album and have three songs in the top ten <laughs> at a great? given time. It, unbelievable. He really is. He's, he's yeah. He's fucking. I mean, he got in that trouble initially, and then he wrote went to the lab and wrote Chocolate Factory, and then released that, and then no one gave a shit. Really? <laughs> that's that's how I remember it. <laughs> it was so good. What's no funny one... about the whole HBO thing for me? And it's not funny, but it is funny, is that I remember in fifth grade, when I was in fifth grade, a girl told me about R. Kelly's, like, weird little girl thing. Mm -hmm. And nobody cared. 
It's not like this is new information. Well, he publicly married Aaliyah, who was 17 yeah. at the time. Like, I was wondering, even at the time, I, I wondered how that flew. Like, it's not like this is new information. I just, like, I'll, I'm yeah. baffled. I'm like, wait, so, like, Lady Gaga's, like, apologizing. Like, I just didn't know. You didn't know? I knew. Yeah, everyone knew. Everyone knew. Yeah, you Your manager know. didn't know? Like, come on. Yeah, you did a collab like, with him two years ago. You did a collab with him two years ago. That was, like, know. well after. What's your, like, hey, R. Kelly? Why don't you come down to the studio? Bring your like maybe wife or your like twelve year old girlfriend, and like and he's like, sure, here she is, and you're like, oh, you're so cute. Like really, you didn't know? Mm. Are you stupid? Because I knew when I was in fifth grade, and I'd never heard an R. Kelly song, except for I believe I can fly, which every white man heard. You've heard of way more than that. Than that, bump and grind. Never heard it. You remind me of something? Yeah, I don't know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you have. If I played them, you, you, you can't have existed in this country, even if you lived on a commune and not heard our How cow. did you know that was what I was going to say? <laughs> <laughs> I was raised on a commune, Kevin. Yeah. I know a lot of Jesus songs, but not like a lot of R. Kelly songs. <laughs> <laughs> Like uh, it, it, for me, a lot of this stuff, like when you bring this up, though, it's like me, like so, you know, you know the song, "Our God is an Awesome God," right? Jesus I do know me. that one. He just loves me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, isn't that like all of them? Isn't this is like, like all the, the songs. All the songs say. <laughs> Amazing Grace. You seen that one? Yeah, but these are like, uh, but there's a lot of like, I, I just, I, I really never heard them except for I believe I can fly, which everyone entered. Um, I'll bet you're wrong. I bet I could play five songs and you'd be like. I know two of them. You'd be like, "Oh shit!" That's I doubt Kelly? it, dude. I really do doubt it. Well, we're gonna run a test. You got a, you got your thing there. Play your, play play a couple on your phone that you know or certain I've heard. I will be one hundred percent honest. All right, give me a minute. We'll yeah. come back to this. We got. I believe I can fly. That one can't. That one. That one. We already agree that I have heard. <laughs> Every white man has. Have you have you guys? I I don't want to talk about it unless you guys read the article. But the that university professor who's giving misinformation about Bitcoin while promoting Ripple at the same time. Yeah, and the student, you know, wrote a. I didn't get a chance to look into the professor, but I think a Stanford. It was a Stanford professor who did this. Yeah, there was a Stanford professor who a few years ago did a thing on Ripple and their protocol. Uh, I think it was Stanford. Might have been Berkeley, but he did a he did an analysis on like Ripple versus uh, Stellar. And like why Stellar is better, but yeah, the, I I don't understand. You know, I think the thing that people think is that professors get their jobs by being knowledgeable about stuff, but I don't think that that's how that works necessarily. I, I'm I'm I've refused to be amazed by it anymore. But people who are willing to get up and talk about a subject With that Beanie Babies that they know nothing about, yeah, yeah that that's one of them. But especially a professor the main a, one. in a class where you know. <laughs> We, where I think a normal person, a rational person, would understand that you know you have uh, college age kids. There's going to be a few in here that know more about this than me. Why would I even try to? Well, I don't think that's usually true. I think what like like look like you're doing a class. You're doing like high level linear algebra. Uh-huh. You have a PhD. You discovered the answer to some theorem that people have been working on for yeah. you know thirty you know three hundred years. Mm-hmm. You know more than every kid coming through your class. Agree, but we're talking about cryptocurrency here, right? And that's that's different than an actual degree in, in, they, in a recognized science. That, they don't know that. See, they they think they, she actually believes that she possesses the knowledge. One hundred percent. That's her. why she is teaching a class on it. Yes, but you could tell. Okay, so she ran into a kid that knows a hundred times more than she does about this stuff. I mean, he had legitimate concerns, and you know, it looked like he'd been on Reddit for like at least five right. years. So he yeah, knew, he knew she did. Yes. Yeah. Well, it's it's funny to me because like 
Bitcoin is so new, and, and there's a lot of really arrogant people who like want to do things uh, to get their name out there. And one of those things is teaching college classes. And like I, I can tell you, there's a lot of college classes uh, in the crypto space that just shouldn't be being taught by the people they're being taught by. But every college knows that every kid wants to take a cryptocurrency class. And that's the best available teacher that they have? Right. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I, what would you do if you had me in your class? Talk about uh, <laughs> really, like, <laughs> something I, I, else. Like, yeah. It would, be, it would be really difficult, right? I mean, like, yeah. I, I know, like, uh, Drew Hinkleju uh, is, is teaching up in New York, right? But yeah, he's doing and, it. And, like, he wouldn't be in the space if it weren't for a, a number of us. Mm-hmm. Or he, he wouldn't be where he is now. Like, he, he came down, he talked to us. He like listened to uh, what we thought about the subject. He developed his own ethos uh, and theses, and uh, he's he's up teaching a class now at NYU. Mm-hmm. And if I were in his class, it's not like he would know more than me about the tech, you know. And and you know, it's it's pretty regular. I talk to him on on the regular, and we have like little discussions about but, but isn't you know, that things ar- that he's is, thinking about. Isn't that already light years ahead of like where a professor like the Stanford woman is but doing? But he's the only one who's competent giving a class. I mean, you have Perianne Boring at like Georgetown or whatever. She's teaching the class? Something there? like that. Yeah. She's like an associate professor. Yeah, I, mean, I, I mean, like, who, who are you going to select? Adam Back? Is he going to show up every week and do this? No, you don't give a fuck. He's going to like do Bitcoin. You can have right. Peter Todd. Yeah, but, no, but he's like, like you said, Drew. Years old. Like, uh, Drew <laughs> uh, he reaches out to people who are knowledgeable, to so he can not. So he's not relaying misinformation and actually. Yeah, but knows but, what he's talking but about. But how many people degree. in in the Bitcoin world both could be a professor and know people who are knowledgeable in the Bitcoin space? Maybe on one hand, I could put together a list, and none would be great matches. Yeah. Oh, well. I would say, so I'm going to give you a surprising answer. I think that it's going to be every professor, and they're not going to know people in Bitcoin. They're going to know people in other spaces who are cozying up to them. So this is how you end up here. You end up with somebody who calls Ripple to get information about teaching a class on blockchain and adopts everything that Ripple is saying and has no understanding of why Ripple, like the company, or XRP enthusiasts are saying what they're saying, and then just teaches it in class as fact, thinking that they're the person that they're That's talking to. That's how I see to. it. Yeah. yeah, that's how I see it, to a T. I yeah. think that's exactly what's going on there. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're reaching out to their John Seth or their Sean or their Kevin or you know their Adam back. And they hold him in high regard, higher right. than, high, way higher than he should be. Yeah, I, I see that with other things. Because he got in early. He was, he was in Ripple in 2017. <laughs> you know, we see, that, we see that all the fucking time. Like, I've been in Bitcoin since 2011. I'm like, dude, you got here like last year. I read something in 2011 about it. Yeah. Okay, like I'm so I, I, I have a couple of questions that I that I that I hit people with. My my favorite ones: What exchange did you buy it on? <laughs> that is a good one. Uh, I like that one too. And then everyone goes, oh, "I forget." And I'm like, oh, okay, uh, you forgot? <laughs> huh? You forgot? Interesting. Yeah. I like to ask people about stuff that happened really late. You just whimsically signed up, just like yeah. <laughs> I'm like, do you remember the DAO hack? Oh yeah, I wasn't really like strongly involved though. They weren't, huh? Because like that was all that you could possibly be involved with for like two weeks in Bitcoin. If you were around, and by involved, I mean like either you were spectating yeah. and laughing hysterically, or you were trying to like hold on to your money. <laughs> <laughs> that came out of nowhere to be like the largest crowdfunded campaign in history, right? Like, but its its results were completely predictable. 
Right? Yeah, it did. It came out of nowhere. They're like, yeah. and it's funded to the tune of one hundred and twenty yeah. million dollars in yeah. like an hour. And I remember, like, was, well, that's going to explode. I and I, I knew it would explode. I didn't know when, and I didn't expect it to be like two days in. <laughs> I remember hoping that they just bought a bunch of Dunkin'. They, they bought like uh, you know twenty two Dunkin' Donut franchises. That's what I would have loved. That would have been after, so you know, try to make fourteen percent a year or something like that. That would have been great. <laughs> that that, that would have been excellent. Like, yeah. Just like okay, we bought a bunch of McDonald's yep. franchises. <laughs> really? Yeah. All the money's gone. Yep. Every inch. It's all in Dunkin' Donuts and McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> The idea that you could have like decentralized ownership too, I think that's really funny. Just, just hilarious to me. The idea of a decentralized venture capital fund, raising money with no purpose yet to be announced, kind of right. That's at some point we, the crowd, will end up deciding what we eventually want to do with this money. And it could be dumb. It could yeah. be really dumb. I was thinking also, I'm dying for these a prediction market to take off where you could take advantage of betting against like the narrative on the news, you know, like offer attractive odds to some people who right. take unreasonable stances. And mm-hmm. I and think, I think that we're going to see bilateral betting pretty quick. I hope so. What, what, what does that mean exactly? I, I, so, okay. It's a word I made up. Uh, but, but I think, I think it's a little self-explanatory. I think that I, I think, so right now the way that betting works is you have a couple people involved. You have uh, the better, Right. The bookie, and then what? An organization above him? No, that's really it. Okay. Yeah, or you, like uh, like a bookie, like in the case of like a big one, like William Hill is a publicly traded company in Great Britain. So. But don't, don't you usually doesn't the book usually send his money somewhere? It depends on the book. Like you give him a, a money and you got Western the, Union is it to like pay P- Pago in like Mexico? No, no, they usually hold it all. Like a local bookie is like picture a guy at your bar that just takes action. He's not sending money anywhere. He's just settling up at the end of the week. That's his only task. <clears throat> All right. So he's offering like just a pool of money, and people can come and take his odds. Yeah. And he takes a little vig. Yeah. So like built into the odds. I, I think that there's a way in which you could do it on on Bitcoin, where you just kind of do matching. Where I say I want to take. I don't know. Give me give me an example of something. The Dolphins versus the Patriots. Okay. Yeah. And I want to take uh, the Dolphins at... Minus three. Minus three. I want to take... So uh, I put those odds online, and someone accepts the other side of it, and we fund it. It holds it in escrow, and then somehow a key gets signed, and then it gets released. Just bilateral. I guess the fact that there's no risk, like a a bookie that's taking action on credit has a chance that you might not pay. Yeah. But if you fund, there's no reason you should be paying credit... Correct. Credit you, just, you, you, yeah. you fully fund it. Mm-hmm. Both of you fund it. Yeah. And then one person gets the money in the account. It's very easy. And if you could have bilateral bets like that, it would just be insane. You're, what you're thinking of, you still need a trusted oracle for this. But, you know, I was thinking about it this week. What if, what if you had a, a trusted oracle who's an arbiter, mm-hmm. but the first, the first oracle would be the two people in the bet? You could self-resolve it. Meaning, like, I, I just, click, I admit I lose, you collect, I won, that's and then, enough. And then, and then it resolves. No need for an oracle. But if, uh, if there's dispute there, then it goes to an oracle. I, I, would, so, I so, would think you could construct some so sort of So if I had a profile and you could like see that. my last... But, like, but, that, but that's, just to be clear, you're not articulating anything that would solve the oracle problem. It's yeah, because it, 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 it would be unnecessary. It's just a better way of... Couldn't you exchange secrets that validate whether you won or lost? It, like you could say, I lost. Here's the secret I'm exchanging. Like I don't know, like a three of five key. I mean, you could do. 
Yeah, I, I think I mean, that you could I, do this. I think that it could absolutely be possible without an oracle. With with the advent of lightning. And well, the f- well, oh, well, well, if both parties agree on like how something's going to be settled, like then you, you you could do it. But like for example, if you're making um, you're you're, con- you're constructing that, it's going to be like the the, the, the payout is going to be based off of like a certain value. That value like would have to come from somewhere, right? Well, say we both so put like, a dollar. We, we, we both bet a dollar. I got the Patriots. You mm-hmm. got the the 